Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college part of our flagship pod here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Thanks for hopping on here with me tonight, Colin. Um, were always. you busy cooking beforehand? I was. Yes, Oh, I was. you were. All mm -hmm. right. We're going to have to chat, mm -hmm. talk, chat about that here in a second. Is that why you were a few minutes late cleaning up from dinner? Lots of dishes tonight? Um, no. So if I cook, then she cleans up the dishes. If she cooks, I clean up the dishes. But... Uh, we were late because Becca's car got a flat tire yesterday, um, and I was changing. I was in the process of changing it, got it up on the jack, had the pulled the spare out, and there was no tire iron in her car. So, oh, nice. yeah. So we had to call. She is AAA. Is so. it because she she had used it in a murder and she had to bury it somewhere? I don't ask questions. Or like throw it in a river. Yeah, it's probably I best. Yeah, I don't ask questions. Plausible deniability. That's what happened to the last guy. That's why there's no tire iron anymore. <laughs> plausible deniability um but yeah so i so we took that over and dropped it off at uh jack williams tire and auto shout out um sponsor good the pod. good guy but yeah, we'll send so him we, the bill yeah, yeah for that we dropped that it over there uh for them so that's why i was a little bit late nice okay just just was wondering um mm -hmm. so do you do dishes six nights a week then no i cook two nights a week oh you cook two nights a week okay mm -hmm. what's your other night besides monday thursday Okay. For like yeah. the two nights that we record. Yeah, oddly enough. Uh so those are her those are her two late days. So she works uh until seven on both of those days. And then by working later, she uh, has a half day on Friday. Gotcha. Wow. So because she doesn't get home till seven, I work from home, works out for me to cook. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um well what what did you cook tonight then? Might as well just go right there. Yeah, may as well. Uh it was baked ziti tonight. Oh, that's an easy one. It is. It is. Yeah, it was a good one. I uh, so I don't know how other people make it, but I put a little bit of red chili pepper flakes in there too. give a little bit of heat. I like that. And your fiance likes spicy food. <clears throat> yes. Yes, she does. Okay. Yeah, very much so. I didn't I wouldn't have pictured you as anybody who likes any spice. So now I'm a little like <laughs> you're the kind of guy that's like. Dijon mustard is way too spicy for me. Just a <laughs> fire in my mouth here. I, that's what I always pictured you as. No, I uh, I don't do. I shouldn't say I don't do a lot of spice. I I do more spices now than what I used to when I would cook by myself. Like when I cooked by myself, like my spice cabinet was embarrassingly bare. Salt and pepper, and that's it. Yeah, more or less. Yes, I had some oregano in there. Is about it, but. Um, I know I, I'd always like when I would order out, like I like hot wings, you know, like traditional Buffalo, like I don't go crazy or anything like that, but I like, like Sriracha, and, you know, the different hot sauces and different things like that. Nothing you have to sign a waiver for. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to burn my tongue and like make it blister or anything. I think you have the wrong impression of what like spice heat is here, Colin. Um, just throw that out there. I don't think it's going to blister your tongue. Not spice. Yes, yeah, spice heat will not do that. But like, you know, if it's some crazy like ghost pepper stuff, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you have the science background, so I'll defer to you on this. But that sounds really wrong to me. Um, yes, you should defer to me. I have a science background in this. I majored in health sciences, so I clearly very much know what I'm talking about. OK, well, then there we go. We're, we'll see this point to you, even though I think it doesn't sound right um that doesn't sound right to me but i don't know enough about how stars are made to dispute that exactly I'm, that's that's exactly where i was headed with that um so before <laughs> we start the show here guys 
Um, just real quick, we are still giving away three signed jerseys here at Campus to Canton. A sign, uh, Jordan Addison, uh, B. John Robinson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you want to get in on any of those jerseys, there are three ways here for you to win. First one, promo code C2C on Prize Picks. We have a partnership with Prize Picks, guys, uh, and that promo code C2C gets you an initial deposit match when you sign up. Uh, up to $100, uh, and then for you to enter here, deposit at least $20 on prize picks, and you'll get that deposit match. You'll get a $29.99 credit toward any membership with us here at Campus to Canton, and then you'll be entered for one of these jerseys as well. So that's number one. Number two, review the show on Apple Podcasts, guys. Send us a picture of that review. Go on there. Just write in something about the show that you, you know, love me, hate call, and that's the preferred method. But well, uh, really, any direction like you want to go, any direction you want to go. Um, tell us, tell us if you would have guessed the call knows how to change a tire in your review. Um, <laughs> that's what I want to hear because uh, I didn't think that you did. Um, so, and then yeah, just uh, send us a picture of that review either to our Twitter account at Campus to Canton or uh, add to the Campus to Canton Gmail account, which is campus to Canton at gmail.com. We're very creative with everything around here um, yes. in terms of what we Got to keep it consistent. And then the last way, guys, you can call into our show on the Better Sports Network. If you didn't know, we have a Saturday morning radio show over on Better Sports, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, all you have to do is download the app. There's no membership or anything like that. You don't have to pay anything. Just hop on there, download, hit the call button. Um, and we talk about a variety. I mean, it's, ta- it's a sports morning talk show. Like we talk about a ton of different stuff uh, leading up to the games. So again, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern every Saturday morning. Uh, we'll be giving away these three jerseys. Uh, the first one, Debbie Debate, this week actually, live on Wednesday. So you have two days to get into that one here still. Second giveaway is going to be on the tailgate, which is our Saturday, um, other Saturday morning show from 1030 Eastern to noon. Um, that one will be, it's on our YouTube channel and that'll be on November the 5th. So not this weekend, but the one after, and then the third giveaway is going to be on aforementioned better sports show, November the 12th. So you got a couple weeks, guys, you can enter more than once and like in, in more than one way, like you can enter once by calling better sports, once by leaving us review on Apple podcasts and once with promo code C2C on prize picks. So you can get up to three chances to win there. Um, Weeks week eight review here, Colin. Uh, and this was a really fun week. There, there were quite a few uh, really intriguing games. We're actually not going to break down individual games. There, there are just some, kind of some topics that I think we should cover. Uh, and first up here, um, quarterback replacements. Is there a changing of the guard here in college football? Um, we saw a lot of either freshmen or Second-year guys that basically didn't play at all as freshmen come into games this weekend. Um, and I think all of these situations are a little different, so we should discuss them all here separately. I'm actually working on an article um, that will coming out this week as Ooh. well, just with my thoughts on all four of these situations. The first one, though, is Cade Klubnik. He came in for DJ Uyunglele. Clemson's narrow win over Syracuse. Um, DJ, quite frankly, was awful in this game. Um I watched this game almost almost in its entirety, uh, flipped away for a series, uh, one or two series throughout. But um, he was just all over the place. Like he was erratic with his passing, underthrowing, overthrowing, like just the DJ that we know. Um, 
fumbled a handoff inside the five offensive five yard line that was scooped and scored for a touchdown. Like he just was terrible on the day. The offense was not clicking at all. Uh, so Dabba benched him, brought in Cade Klubnik, and Cade led them right away down the field for a touchdown, although we can talk about how good he actually was in that drive. Clemson X actually ends up winning this game. Dabo says that they're, the DJ is still the guy there, that they'll be going back to DJ. But, Colin, what do you think of this situation? Yeah, so I watched this game in its entirety. I covered this game for College Fantasy Tonight, and you, you, you nailed it with DJU. He looked bad, struggled with some decision-making, some interceptions, some fumbles, and he really struggled here in this one. Kate Klubnik comes in, and the headline is going to read, you know, the headline has been reading that he led them to a victory as he came in here, but you're right. He didn't look any better at all. You know, he his performance was not that good. They really won this game for two reasons. One, on the back of the running game, and two, because Syracuse perplexingly did not use Sean Tucker at, like at all. For whatever reason, but it wasn't the performance from Cade Klubnik that we would have wanted to see where DJU looks bad. Cade Klubnik comes in and actually leads this and makes it a true controversy here. I don't think that Dabo is going to make this change to Cade Klubnik. I think DJU is still going to be the starter after this one here. He just... Dabo pulled him. He needed a little bit of a kick in the butt or something. I don't know, but I, I still think DJ's U is going to be the starter moving forward here. Now, the fact that he's already been pulled once means it could happen again. So that leash is much shorter. So we'll see moving forward, but I still think it's DJU. Yeah, pretty much took the words right out of my mouth there, Colin. I mean, they, they brought Kate in and he threw four times. Like they weren't really putting the ball in his hands to do anything. Uh, refs really bailed him out a couple times there. And um, the one thing that was pretty shocking to me when he came in was that they continued to run him as if he was DJ. Um, and a lot of them were like designed quarterback draws or just kind of option, you know, quarterback rush option type plays. Um, and yeah, he ran the ball six times in this game. And a lot of them were right up the gut and he was getting hit pretty good um so i don't know if they just didn't want to change the game plan up since that's what they worked on all week and that's just kind of what everyone was was ready to do or what here but um he's not going to last for forever if they continue to do that with him so um uh we'll we'll see what happens there but yeah i mean i think I, dj's back in um shout out to to dabo who said earlier this week that all the people that said that he would bench dj eventually were stupid um i'm not going to say what I would like to say to Dabo on the show. Um, but you guys all know probably my thoughts on him. Um, not a good, really a good dude. And I don't, I think he's overrated as a coach, but here we are. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's DJ's job still, but yeah, I mean, I think if he, if he's bad again, like I, 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 I think they make the change again. And I, you know, I don't know if he gets a third chance at this Colin. I mean, what, it's like impossible for us to actually guess this, but what do you realistically, you can't keep yanking a guy. Like it's not good for his confidence. Like I, I can't imagine that he would come out and continue to perform if that was, was to happen again. Um, and I think the team, you know, the, the in and out nature of that position, I think that's not what's best for a football team who ha probably has like, I mean, none of us think they can do it, but they probably have national championship aspirations of being undefeated here. And they're probably going to win the ACC. Yeah, they're. I think they're going to win the ACC. I think they're this week against Notre Dame is probably going to be their biggest test left. But there is a very real possibility that they end up 
undefeated at the end of this year. I mean, they just, their schedule's not overwhelmingly difficult here. The ACC is not a great conference. So with those types of aspirations, yeah, if I think this is DJU's last shot at this, you know, and I would hope that DJU realizes that too. Now he handled that benching like a, a consummate professional there, you know, reportedly he came over to the sideline and um, gave Kate Klubnik a little tap in the, on the helmet and said, go get him. You're ready for this kind of a thing. So did you, did you see his quote after the game where he said he would have pulled himself to, and that Dabo's responsibility is to the team, not to him. So I did, I didn't see that, but that, yeah. So that lines up with everything that you kind of saw there. So handled it very well. This was not a Spencer Rattler situation, but you know, that only gets you so much good grace. If you have another performance like that again, then I think it's curtains and I think it would be curtains for him at Clemson. Now he is the type of guy, you know, given his pedigree and everything like that, he can transfer and he can definitely go somewhere else that needs a quarterback. You know, there will be other teams out there that will need quarterbacks. Um, You know, just off the top of my head here, Kentucky after Les uh, Will Levis goes to the NFL draft, like they're going to need somebody. We were talking about who could be a stopgap option for, you guys on Debbie Debate, we're talking about who could be a stopgap option for Nico at uh, Tennessee after um, Hooker leaves for pro. So, you know, there's going to be other jobs that'll be open for him if he were to lose this one at Clemson. And I think he will find a pretty decent power five level job. But I think it's kind of over for him as a Debbie prospect at this well, point. His family wouldn't have to get rid of all their orange stuff if he were to go to Tennessee. And he is basically what you would hope Joe Milton would be if he wasn't just the dumbest person to ever play quarterback. <laughs> like, sorry, least instinctual person to ever play quarterback. I don't, I don't know what you, the least. I he's just like totally has no presence whatsoever. Yeah, um, that would be interesting. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. But uh, I I feel like he would probably go back home. But what do I know? Um, probably. But what jobs open back home? UCLA. Maybe. But we, you and I both like Justin Martin. Yeah, but I mean, one year stopgap. I don't know. That was a uh, DTR was the stopgap for Martin. No, DTR has been there for five years. I don't know if you can call him a stopgap, but um, oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Um, Baron Morton calling a Texas Tech. I think this is one of the more, this one's a little different than the other three. They're, they all kind of have their own like wrinkle uh, to their situation here. Uh, Baron Morton, Texas Tech was a top 10 ish quarterback. Um, in last year's class, sat all last year when they brought in, you know, all these different transfers and, and everything. We thought that the new coaching staff could breathe some new life into him simply because this Zach Kitley offense, um, like kind of needs like that precision timing type passer. And that's definitely not Donovan Smith. Um, and, uh, Smith kind of been you know, banged up here or there. They finally gave the reins over to Morton, uh, 28 for 45 this week, 325 yards, uh, and two touchdowns, they win 48 to 10. Baron Morton, um, does he remain the starter here for the rest of your call? Like, does the staff just kind of, do you think, roll with him? Because it's um, like Donovan Smith's not, I think they, I don't think they want to do that experiment anymore. Did, do they wait until what's his name comes back from injury? Whose name Shuck. is like totally, yeah, Shuck, whose name Shuck. just totally went to the back of my head. Yeah. Um, well, like, the- reportedly he is going to be available this week. So, oh, that's, so we might find out quickly. 
So we're, I, I do think we're going to find out pretty quickly here. I think you're right. I think the Donovan Smith experience is over. He needs to transfer. He needs to go somewhere else. I think he can be a very successful CFF quarterback. There's some, you know, long shot Debbie odds there too, where he could potentially, he's got the tools where he could potentially be a, you know, day two quarterback and haha. Yes. The uh, somebody else that I think could get day two draft capital here, but you know, it's a long shot for that. I think that would be his ceiling, but I think he could be a very good CFF quarterback, but it's not going to be a Texas tech Baron Morton. Like I had been saying pretty much all off season, I think is the perfect quarterback for Zach Kitley system. I think he fits that very, very well. I think Shuck fits that pretty well too. So the intriguing part is now that Shuck's back, who do they go with? Baron Morton has been pretty good in his last two games. So I, I do think he gets the first shot at this. I think they're going to go with him this week. And as long as he doesn't lose this job, as long as he doesn't play poorly enough that he would lose his job and they get, um, do they, 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 West Virginia. Week. they get Baylor this week. They just played West Virginia. They just, oh, right. Gotcha. So yeah, they get Baylor this week. That's not a particularly imposing defense. Like we thought it might be. So I think there's a very real chance that he hangs on to this job. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning with him right now, too. I think that the coaching staff, like if he gives you probably roughly the same chance that Tyler Shuck does to win, and I know that's, you know, difficult calculus to do in our head, their heads, let alone our heads who don't see them every day in practice and uh, and all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, if, if he's comparable, you've got him there for at least one more year, probably two more. That staff has to feel good about getting a guy in there and kind of getting him settled in because they don't really have another guy there right now which like they're not alabama that brings in a five-star every year or whatever but they really don't have another young quarterback on the roster that kind of gets familiar with the system so um i'm sure they probably want to try to buy a little time to do that and you got to figure if they bench morton here like morton probably won't be particularly happy about that yeah i think if they bench morton here morton jumps ship as well now i don't think morton would have quite as many suitors as donovan smith would he would find he would latch on somewhere but it, I mean, it wouldn't be the like I said, it wouldn't be the type of suitors that you would get for Donovan Smith. I, I think, think he would just go to like Tech or uh, TCU or something. That's very possible. I th- I think it would he would stay somewhere somewhere around there, Oklahoma State. Like I I think he could fit in in a couple of these places that might need a a guy next year with with all the departures. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There are going to be a lot of departures, a lot of job openings here. So teams are going to have to be even more careful you know, with losing guys, if they, that's another part of the calculus there too. If they go back to Shuck, Baron Morton, probably not super happy. Now Shuck's out of eligibility. So Morton would probably still be the guy there, but you know, do they make him mad? Does that mean that Donovan Smith transfers Baron Morton is upset and Shuck leaves, leaves that quarterback position really bare. And they, they have like a three-star guy coming in this year, um, Jake Strong, who's – I haven't really watched a lot of him yet, but he looks pretty meh to me so far um, through what little bit of I've watched. So they don't have anybody else there, anybody else really coming in. They would have to hit the portal. but So that's part another part of the calculus where I think that they would stick with Morton maybe a little bit longer than what they should, especially because they don't really have much postseason hopes here. They'll make a bowl game, but – you know, which is nice for that staff's first yeah. year in charge here. Yeah, they're building something there. 
Um, let's pivot to another school here in Texas, Colin SMU. Um, we talked a lot about this last offseason. They brought in Preston Stone, uh, the highest at the time, and I believe he still might have grabbed someone. Just I don't remember, but at the time he was the highest rated recruit to ever uh, go directly to SMU out of high school. He's a local kid there, right from their backyard. Um, and Stone is kind of this like Johnny Manzellish kind of guy where he just like wants to run around a lot and kind of make things happen and he can extend plays that way. And he's not really a runner, but he's like an Uber, Uber, Uber scrambler, like somewhere on that, you know, Tony Romo, um, uh, Manzel, like Ty Simpson falls in that bucket. Like they're just one of those guys that isn't really a rusher or doesn't really want to rush, but they, they'll run around a lot. Uh, good arm, good, good other tools. Um, and he lost that quarterback battle last year to Tanner Mordecai. You were team Mordecai. I was team Stone. Um, so point Colin. Um, and they were pretty good last year. Uh, but SMU been decidedly worse this year. And Mordecai uh, injured in this one. It, they're saying it's concussion or potential concussion. I don't know if they've if there's been anything official to confirm that. Uh, but Mordecai left this game against Cincy this weekend. Preston Stone came in late. It's a very Preston. It's it's what you would expect from kind of a gunslinger scramble around guy in his first start. No interceptions, but six for fifteen for seventy four yards and a touchdown. Accuracy, eh? Maybe not quite there at all times, but he looked good. Like he looked basically. It's what we wanted to see out of him. He came out and did it. Really was not scared at all. There, um, kind of gave this offense uh, a little bit of a jolt. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mordecai. Um, we'll see, you know, does he escape concussion protocol? If that is in fact, what his, uh, uh, issue is this week. Uh, if not, I think this is a job where stone just holds on to it. I really, really do. Um, I, I, another chance to have a guy there for a couple of years. And I think, you know, I don't think there's a drop off. I think he's comparable. We heard all off season, you know, is, is this a QB battle? Does the stone overtake him? I think this is the time when stone just does it. Yeah, I think it is too. I, I mean, I, I was team Mordecai last year. It looked good. And then this year he has just been markedly worse. He's, uh, you know, about eight, seven, eight percentage points, uh, completion percentage points worse than he was last year. Inception interception numbers uh, on a per game basis are up as well a little bit. So he's just, and they've lost four out of their last five games here. So I think the season is pretty much over at this point. Mordecai has been not very good this year. Very, very hot and cold, even for fantasy. You know, in his last five, he has like a 40-point game, a 20-something point game, and then three games under 15 fantasy points and two in the single digits. So his very up and down here, and I think they're just kind of done with that. So even if he would clear concussion protocol, I, I think this is stone time. You know, we heard all offseason how close this battle was. If it truly was that close, this is exactly where you make that permanent move for him. Uh, so I think we're going to see more stone here this week and moving forward. And you nailed the assessment on on stone here. And, and he's a guy that I think can be very good for fantasy purposes, especially in a Rhett Lashley system. He's going to have to shake off a little bit of rust here. You know, this will be his first start. Of the year of his career, first true start of his career here, and it'll be against a, a good Tulsa pass defense. So that's not an easy matchup here right off the bat. It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. But again, I, I don't think they go back to Mordecai. I think this is Stone's time. Um, so one to monitor there, but I think if you are a 
if there's a chance for you to still go get Stone, I would do it. I think he's going to be pretty difficult to buy uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Um, last one is Jake Garcia. I mean, I think this one is the most shocking of uh, the group just based on, you know, every way too early 2023 mock draft had Tyler Van Dyke somewhere in the first round there. A lot of them had him in the top 10, kind of that third quarterback that everyone's been looking for, ever elusive behind Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Um, but Van Dyke has not been great this year. He's been very up and down. This whole Miami offense has been up and down, like shocker. Everyone here at campus can't basically said as much um, with the uh, uninspiring head coach and offensive coordinator hire. Um, and Van Dyke supposedly went down with an injury in this one. So we're going to monitor and see exactly what the coaching staff is saying about that. But Garcia came into this game and, and he made some mistakes. He threw some passes he shouldn't have. He threw three interceptions in this one. Uh, but he also went 13 for 21 for 198 yards and two touchdowns. He's, I think, a little more willing to throw the ball around than Van Dyke is. I don't think he's quite on the Preston Stone spectrum of, you know, um, gunslinger-ish. Um, but I, I think he definitely gives some of the weapons on this team a little more life for fantasy purposes. Um, what I have no read on this, Colin, in terms of who keeps this job moving forward. Because they also, the other tough part here is that Miami is one of these schools that's slinging around a ton of money, and they have a very highly rated quarterback coming in. I think he's now a four-star. I don't think he's quite a five-star, but Jaden Rashada. Um, so, like, there's going to be pressure to get him in here within the next year or so. Like, timeline with TBD, maybe that works out better, and Garcia ends up going somewhere else. I and mean, there's, there's a lot of factors here, but what do you think happens, slash what do you hope happens here i i think this is you're you're right this is a very difficult situation to read here because we liked tyler van dyke coming into the year i, I do think there was too much hype on him coming into the year based on the way he finished last year he was just kind of uber efficient and, and got kind of lucky at sometimes he had some turnover worthy plays that maybe didn't necessarily result in turnovers but coming into the year people were pretty high on him we were not very high on the Josh Gaddis hire as an offensive coordinator. And, you know, we're seeing Michigan's offense is pretty much the same as what it was before. And even, you know, maybe even a little bit better. And Miami's is now worse than, than what it was. And, you know, Tyler Van Dyke does not have, and Miami as a whole does not really have any established wide receiver options. Colby Young is kind of emerging here as maybe an option, but, they don't really have a lot going on in the pass game here. So maybe some sort of an excuse for Van Dyke, but one of these guys is going to transfer at the end of this year. I do think it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke. I think yeah, Jake Garcia. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just, I, he needs to rehab that draft stock. Yeah. I don't know that the staff there is totally committed to him slash if I'm him, I'm not sure that I'm convinced they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they, they, they just, they turned the ball over eight times this weekend, I believe, which is the most since 2000 or something for Miami. Um, they lost 45 to 21 to Duke. You know, Duke is an improved team this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you're Miami, you're, you're hoping you're not losing there. I mean, they've lost, they lost to middle Tennessee earlier this year. Um, they, they lost to a and M with no shame in that one. They lost to UNC. Well, they, they barely beat Virginia tech. Um, like really outside of that first game against what was a Bethune Cookman, they haven't really clicked and you would expect them to click against a team like that. So, I mean, this, if you're a player that's a holdover from the previous 
regime. I, I, I'm super skeptical of what's going on here. Yeah, I would be as well. We might see a one and done from Josh Gaddis, honestly. They, they may go in another direction. It's, it's, kind, be of been, it's kind of been that bad. I, I mean, it's, it just has not been very good there this year. So I think whoever maintains his quarterback job for the rest of the year, I don't think they're going to be usable for fantasy. And I think they're going to kind of struggle given everything else that's going on there, the weapons, the play calling, all of that kind of stuff. So do we either, do we want either of these guys to hang on to this job? If you, if you're a fan of Jake Garcia, you better hope he gets out of town. If you're a Tyler Van Dyke fan, I think you hope he gets out of town too. But I I do think it'll be Van Dyke that'll leave. I think Jake, they're going to give Jake Garcia a shot at this point to see what they have in him because the season's pretty much lost. And then, like you said, they have Jaden Rashada coming in here. They've been throwing a lot of money around allegedly at him. And sorry, go ahead. You look. No, I was, I was, yep. I mean, it's supposedly like it's them, A and M, Louisville, Tennessee. Is, Tennessee that have been kind of throwing some of the cash around. And even Tennessee is like not to everybody. They're being a little more selective. Uh, Miami yeah. sounds like they're throwing it to kind of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they're trying to bring the U back, and that's kind of how you do it. So props to them for the process, the results maybe to be seen. Um let's pivot to another quarterback here, Colin. Not a early career guy, but a a player that's definitely seeing a big bounce back in Bo Nix, who is at Auburn. Bo Nix is kind of the talk of probably every college football podcast this week. I know they they talked about him on Chasing the Natty this week already. I listened to that. I know you guys talked a little bit about him on College Fantasy tonight. Uh, And I'm sure even, you know, non-fantasy, they're they're all about Bo Nix here. Bo Nix transferred from Auburn, went to Oregon, uh, reunited with Kenny Dillingham there, his former offensive coordinator from Auburn. And Bo Nix, like, I mean, he... The, the way that I've always described him is he is like the smartest dumb person ever. Like he'll just do, he'll, he'll be playing really well. You know, he, he's in rhythm. The offense is moving. And then he just does something that's mind meltingly stupid, mind meltingly stupid. Like once a game, at least um, he, he's cost his team games. Um, so I was very skeptical about him going to, to, to Oregon here with an offense coordinator that hadn't exactly lit the world on fire with the head coach that is a defensive head coach. I thought, you know, they brought in like four running backs from the portal. I was like, okay, they're going to, they're going to ground and pound this thing. They're going to try to run the ball 40 times a game, like blah, 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 blah. But Bo Nix has been surprisingly really, really good this year, Colin. He's been a quarterback one every single week, except for that week one, Georgia matchup which I did not realize until, again, Jared said that today on Chasing the Natty. Um, like, he's, from a fantasy perspective, just been amazing. And he continues week after week after week, 30 fantasy points, 40 fantasy points, close to 50 fantasy points. Like, he's just been money there for Oregon. I mean, shout out to Bo Nix. We did mention it once on the show this summer. We talked about how is there a scenario where Bo Nix does this and kind of rehabs his stock a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, he definitely has rehabbed his stock here. And um, I don't have perfect recall here. So I don't remember if it was me or if it was you. But one of us, I think it was me. One of us picked him as our player who will help themselves the most this year. And 
you know, I think that we're kind of seeing that here. I think that getting out of the SEC, getting a fresh start has definitely been good for him. He's in a new offense. He's having fun. Dark horse for Heisman. You know, that copy All pasta. But, but he really is a dark horse for Heisman right now. I mean, as long as Oregon keeps winning, yeah, they got kicked in the teeth week one against Georgia, but that was the first game for a new staff. Very difficult first matchup here. And, you know, Georgia's a very good team. Georgia's one of the top teams in the country here. And we'll talk about this here in a minute. His weapons there are not, like, overwhelmingly amazing. Right. Like, this isn't like the typical Ohio State wide receiver room or, you know, Bama's you know, not great this year, but like their usual room or even, you know, those Oklahoma teams at the past few years, or like LSU even. Yeah. They, they've got some talent here. You know, the, the, the running backs are, are pretty solid. I wouldn't say anybody's a world beater there. No, they have one wide receiver in particular that we're going to talk about here in a minute. But then like outside of that, like, I mean, they're not nobody's they're you know, high three star, four star guys, but like no one that we think of is they're carrying Bo Nix. Right. Right. Bo Nix is instead carrying, this offense here. And I think as long as Oregon keeps winning, I do think Bo Nix has a really good chance to end up in New York for the Heisman ceremony with the way that things are going right now. And that's kind of crazy, crazy to say, but he's been really, he's been really good on the ground. Like that's been the biggest thing. He's got, got a lot of rushing touchdowns here. So shout out to Kenny Dillingham for that system and using him Bo Nix to his strengths here. He has another eligibility, a year of eligibility too, if he wants it. Like he can go, he can come back. We could see this again next year. So he is looking like a top tier CFF QB option. Yeah. And they bring back a lot of those weapons as well. That, um, you know, they, they bring back uh, Marquise Irving, they bring back uh, uh, Jordan James and Byron Cardwell and Dante Thornton and uh, and Seven McGee and Troy Franklin and all these guys. Um, I do want to pivot to a, a discussion on Franklin here. And they Colin. bring in Jurian Dickey. That's true. They do. They do five star, uh, depending on which service you're using. I believe he's a five star in the composite now as well. Um, yeah, Jurian Dickey. Um, we actually did an interview with him this offseason. Um, looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, there at Oregon. Um, Troy Franklin. Probably the main beneficiary here at Oregon. And I've always been slightly down on Troy Franklin compared to consensus. I don't remember exactly what he was ranked in his class, but he was a top 10 wide receiver uh, by the composite in his class. Um, he's been really good the past couple of weeks, like incredibly efficient. Um, and, and he's been a starting fantasy option. But I think there needs to be a discussion uh, about his Debbie value versus CFF value. So let's talk with his Debbie value, Colin. Where do you have Troy Franklin in your rankings right now? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, let me pull them up here real quick. But it's, I, I'm kind of along the lines where you're at too here. I like Troy Franklin. I don't love Troy Franklin. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he has some good traits. You know, I think he he separates pretty well. He's got some good athleticism. He's, but he's very thin. I don't think he has like one true calling card to kind of hang his his hat on here. Um, but in terms of rankings here, I have him ranked thirty uh, eight for C two C, which actually he needs oh, to. That's low. Yeah, it was actually he needs to jump. Um, do it, do um, it live here, Colin, while we're recording. Who is he jumping? Uh, Adonai Mitchell. 
Parker mm-hmm. Washington, Jojo Earl, Jordan Hudson. He's going to jump those four for sure. That would put him right there with Nathaniel Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. And this is C2C rankings, not Devi rankings. So, you know, Nathaniel Dell, Xavier Hutchinson, Trey Palmer, all guys, A.T. Perry, uh, all guys who are ahead of him there who are, you know, good CFF options here as well. Um, actually, you know, he should probably jump Keon Grays and Talon Shetron. Those are both two guys that I need to have fall here a little bit, given what we've seen, you know, more recently here, uh, from those two guys who we had a lot of hope for entering in the season, but who are in dangerously close to becoming, um, wide receiver zeros here. Now for Debbie purposes here, I do have him ranked as my Debbie wide receiver 28. Um, I have him just behind Zay Flowers and Jacob Cowing. So, but right there with Parker Washington, Adonai Mitchell again. So I think that's I, I, that's a spot where I feel pretty good about him. And he may climb a couple spots there too, because I do have Keon Gray's talent, Chetron, like I just mentioned, ranked ahead of him and Debbie as well. And they probably need to fall a little bit further for me. Um, I have him a little bit higher than you. I have him in my C2C rankings. He's my wide receiver 28, and I have him right behind. Isaiah Bond, Romeo Dunze, Tet McMillan, Jacob Cowing. Then I have Franklin, so 28 overall. And then for Debbie wide receivers, I have him at 22. And, or Sorry, 23. And again, just behind uh, Evan Stewart, Jalen McMillan, and Romeo Dunze. So he kind of has the Devonta Smith-ish vibe to him with like how skinny he is, what role yeah. I think he'll play. He is versatile. He's played a little over 20% of his snaps in the slot this year, the rest out wide um, and just other things I kind of look at before I really get into the off season and I can watch four, five, six games of these guys in detail. I look at their uh, uh, yak and yak per reception. He's averaging about four and a half yards after the catch per reception, which is not great. Not terrible uh, His yards per route run 2.9, which is very, very high and a dot of 13.4. So that means that he's working you know, intermediate, long, and 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 shorts. Like he's he's got a pretty good mix of of uh, routes in there. Um, so I'm interested to see exactly what he looks like. But I think you know the Debbie discussion and the CFF discussion are very very different. And the CFF discussion is is one that I think we need to be wary of here, Colin. Past five games, tar- targets for him: three, six, seven, four, seven. He's not getting a ton of targets. He's just been incredibly productive on the ones he's getting. This past game, for example, uh, seven targets, seven catches, 108 yards, and two touchdowns. It doesn't feel sustainable to me. I mean, maybe he's one of those guys that is just incredibly efficient. Some of those guys pop up every now and then. Um, And this offense is very, very explosive. Um, But, like, not really a red zone guy. Like, the touchdowns seem unsustainable to me. So I'm really interested to see what goes on with him. Yeah, like you said, the, the volume here is kind of um, not the the volume itself, I think, is sustainable, but the volume does not lend itself to high end CFF production like you would maybe expect from a quarterback who is been QB one every single week. You know, usually when you have a, a quarterback who is that good for fantasy, they're usually supporting one, you know, mid tier wide receiver two at least. And, you know, Trey Franklin has his weeks for sure but they don't feel like they're necessarily sustainable here. He feels like a low end wide receiver two to like a wide receiver three for me. And maybe that's also even potentially matchup dependent. So yeah, I I like the word of caution on Troy Franklin for a CFF perspective. Don't necessarily see that improving too much next year either. Um, 
he, he's going to be, he's going to be fine. He'll be a guy that you'll be okay starting, but it's not going to be like high end. So your the, the biggest thing for him is going to be the Debbie potential. And we're seeing a nice year this year from him. I'm going to have to really like dive into the tape in the off season. Like you said, as well from the games that I've watched of Oregon, he has looked good, but hasn't really been standout. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think as of today, I, he's, he's probably a, an early second round guy, um, depending on how this class is shaking up. So um, there's good value all around here. Just maybe not, you know, not, not necessarily a guy that, uh, I'm starting every week real quick before we move into uh, some stock up, stock down here, Colin. Uh, top performers of the week, quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels, LSU, top guy here, uh, Luke McCaffrey at wide receiver, Roman Hemby at running back, who I'm about to talk about in a minute here, and Michael Mayer, a familiar face at tight end. Um, those are your top performers of the week. Uh, before we do stock up, stock down, Colin, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. A ton of other great podcasts over there as well. You can find them all in one place at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out the weekly Friday drop that recaps the entire week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Promo code CAMPUS22 gets you 10% off over at Fantasy Points if you want to check out everything they've got going on as well. Um, stock up, stock down here, Colin. Um, stock up, let's just go right to you. A guy, a friend of the show. You're starting with a friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Starting with a friend of the show. And, you know, it's not just because he's a friend of the show. He absolutely deserves it. That's Damian Martinez, the true freshman running back at Oregon State. Uh, big stock up for him. He has officially taken over this backfield. 16 carries, 22 carries in the last two weeks. Back-to-back games, over 100 yards. Now, one of those games was against Colorado, who is the worst or bottom three rush defense in the country. But the other one was against Washington State, and they're not exactly a cupcake. They've been, you know, they've been a decent defense this year. Um, so, you know, we'll be interested to see how it go- plays out for the rest of the year. You know, he's on by this week, but I, I think he has officially taken over this backfield. I think it's time for him. And and we like Oregon State running backs for CFF purposes. You know, they had BJ Baylor last year, who was a good guy. They had Jarrett, not Jarrett Patterson, um, Jamar Jefferson before that, uh, who is a, a great CFF option. So Damian Martinez is looking like he could be a great CFF option for the next three and a half years for the rest of this year. And then at least another two, you know, I don't know if he's the type of guy who's going to necessarily leave early. I think there is some Debbie potential there. Uh, we'll, we'll be interested. I'll be interested to see how this plays out over the next, uh, you know, couple of years here to see how high that Debbie potential is. But uh, you know, he, he if there it's almost better if he does leave in year three because then he means he the Debbie potential is better. Um, but if he doesn't, you're getting three and a half years of great CFF production. So big stock up for Damian Martinez. Yeah, he set Lenindo in at minimum what we thought he would be. And again, we I I was I don't want to put words in everybody else's mouth here. I was very skeptical on his long term NFL prospects, but um, situation great for him, and we'll see if he. Um, manages to hold the fort down here. I want to talk about Roman Hemby, Colin, who I just mentioned. Roman Hemby, the running back at Maryland. Um, we were watching this backfield very intently over the offseason. Ramon Brown came in there, a very highly rated uh, four-star running back recruit, a kid that I really, really liked his game. Uh, open touches there in that backfield, and I just thought, you know, this is this is a natural match here without a lot else in the waiting, but Roman Hemby is, has relegated Ramon Brown to the bench. 
Uh, and they've really run the ball a lot more the past couple weeks. I'm sure part of that's due to the injury to Talia Tagovailoa, who is their uh, very much their leader of the offense. But uh, 17, 107, and one on the ground two weeks ago, and then he actually had four catches in that game as well for 25 yards. Then this past game, 24 carries for 179 yards and three touchdowns, and then a couple of catches again there for him. He's got good size. He's a pretty good athlete. He should definitely be on radar. Like he was the kind of guy that was just floating around in all my waivers for a while because I was like, Maryland is not even running the ball that much. Like I still think Brown's a better player. Like I kind of got caught in that vortex with this kid, and then by the time he took it over now, uh, it's a little too late for me. But Hemby, I, I think he's, you know, again, probably not a league winner down the stretch, but I think he can be a really, really, really good uh, player here from Maryland and definitely a heck of a lot better than I thought he was. So poor one out for Ramon Brown and uh, good stuff there from Roman Hemby. Yeah, Ramon Brown is a guy that you and I both liked. I mean, he was more a guy that you were on. You, you kind of turned me on to him, but I liked a lot of his game. I thought he would be very good there and we picked the wrong guy. Um, you know, and then with Talia too, I think this is his last year. It's tough to say with I COVID. I believe so. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, it's tough <clears> to say with COVID, but if Talia leaves after this year, that offense is going to be looking for an identity because they they don't have another quarterback there. They're going to be somebody that's a transfer portal destination potentially here because they lost out on A.J. Swan, who ended up going to Vanderbilt and has been starting for them. Now he just got hurt. but So they don't really have another option there. They're going to be looking for an offensive identity because they're also likely to lose – Demond Demas at wide receiver. They're likely to lose Raheem Jarrett at wide receiver. Now he could come back, but I, I think Jarrett's going to go to the NFL after this year. And then Jacob Copeland as well. So they're three top wide receivers, their quarterback. This offense could be pretty heavily focused around Ramon Hemby moving forward. So if somebody in your league isn't caught up to that necessarily for next year, and they're kind of just looking at you know his production, which has been up and down, you know, it's been up more lately, but, um, I, you know, if somebody's not caught up on that, I'm looking to pick him up right away here. But uh, my next stock up here is uh, Jaden Daniels. Um, and this is from CFF only perspective, not Debbie. His Debbie potential is, is kind of dead. You know, it's a guy that how we, dare you, sir? <laughs> it's a guy that we had some hope for after his freshman year, very promising freshman year, and just has not taken the next step. But from a CFF perspective, 48 fantasy points in back-to-back -back weeks. You know, I we can use this time to to poke fun at me here, but uh, I said to sit Jaden Daniels last week. You know, he has three rushing touchdowns in back-to-back -back weeks. After last week, I did not think this was going to be sustainable. It was like, oh, he won't get three rushing touchdowns again. What does he do? Three more rushing touchdowns. You know, he's kind of looking like a uh, Bo Nix light out there, honestly. Uh, at least from a CFF perspective, you know, so LSU is playing decent. Um, you know, they're what I think they have two losses, I believe. I think they're uh, seven or five and two. So they're playing okay. They're, you know, they're going to have a, a tougher schedule coming up here. They haven't played Bama yet. Um, so that'll be another game that they'll have on the schedule there. But they just beat a good old Miss team. You know, I think old Miss team was a little bit overrated, but I still think they're good. And he carved him up. So from a CFF perspective, and he has another year. So from a CFF perspective, uh, I, th I think uh, Jaden Daniels is a guy that you can probably start moving forward. It's It's been a little rocky lately, but the back-to-back 48-point -back weeks is, is a stock up. 
Um, I think a underrated piece of analysis that I didn't hear anybody talking about this offseason is the fact that LSU's um, uh, offensive coordinator they brought in from Cincy who worked with a similar player in Desmond Ritter. And he's done a lot for Jaden Daniels this year. He lets Daniels run a little bit more. Or maybe Daniels just wants to run a little bit more. Um, who knows? But uh, interesting. Interesting. That that uh, a miss by by me. And really, I, I didn't hear anybody kind of uh, talk about that. So um, Devontae Walker is my second stock up here. Uh, wide receiver at Kent State. The only person that I ever heard talk about Devontae Walker uh, was Nate Marquise before the season started. And that... SOB waited until after all of his drafts were done to drop the name. How dare he? Selfish. He listens Selfish. to the show, so let's hear what I know. he has to say about that. Neat. We will, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a message in the Slack, I'm sure. But yes. selfish, selfish, very. Um, I'm not even in any leagues with him. He could have thrown me a bone here. Like I wouldn't have been, you know. He could have just been like, "Hey, keep this on the DL. You don't have to out me like you did with Jalen Glover." You know, he could have. Uh, could have just could have just said, "Hey, just keep an eye on this guy." Um, yeah. So I mean, he's been he's basically been a one A to a one B here this season, especially once uh, Kent State kind of got into the heart of their schedule. Um, really starting at that Georgia game, he's basically been on par with Cephas from a target perspective. He's got seven TDs. He's a little more of a TD threat than than Dante Cephas is. Um, he's really versatile, 20% slot, 80% out wide. Again, you know, looking at some of these other metrics, an dot of almost 14, a yards per route run of 2.6. He's averaging five yards after the catch. Um, missed tackles, he, he's not great on it. Um, he's a little more of a downfield guy and less of a, um, you know, kind of you know quick bubble screen kind of guy. Like that, that's not really his game. Um, but he has a bunch of years left there. And I think he can form a really nice partnership with Colin Schley, who also has a bunch of years there, assuming that they both, you know, stay there and, you know, kind of just do them the Mac G5 thing. Um, so I big stock up for him. And he's been floating around on a lot of my waivers too. Uh, but Walker, I picked him up a couple places. There's one or two leagues where I don't have any more ads left this year and he's yeah. still sitting there. And it's like, uh, Hemby is the same. They actually both are sitting in a bunch of my leagues. I'm just like, I've been actually, I've messaged a couple people today and I'm like, you have ads left. I will trade you a draft pick if you will go add somebody for me, but you have to promise to do it for me before I say it. Um, so we're having those discussions right here <laughs> now. We'll see. We'll see if any of those work out. But uh, I think he should be rostered everywhere. I think he's a really, really intriguing guy because of the Mac. Like he's the kind of guy that even if you can't start him the first four weeks of the season, like who cares? Like the the money time of the year is where you can throw him out there and he can put up some really big games. Yeah, and I mean, you say, you know, maybe you can't start him for the beginning of the year, but I mean, Kent State had a gauntlet of a schedule this year. They played, well, it doesn't seem it's, quite as much of a gauntlet as now, too, but so. they played Oklahoma, they played Washington, Georgia. Like, it's, those are really tough, tough programs for a Mac school to play. But I think the thing with Devontae Walker that's really intriguing, and, and even Colin Schley, is with the way the transfer portal is lately, I could see these two not ending their career at Kent State and not doing the uh, the, the Maction thing here. I, I could see them going to a Power 5 school and trying to increase their draft prospects somewhat. I think Devontae Walker, even more so than Schley, 
has some NFL draft prospects. He's got good size. You know, he's he's averaging five yards after the catch and seven forced tackles like you talked about there. So he's got some athleticism and some wiggle to him. This is a guy that I could I could see some power five teams come calling for him. And, and I think he could end up somewhere else, which, OK, so you pick him up. Maybe he doesn't explode for you in, um, you know, the next year for you for CFF. But we could see it be a Jacob Cowing ish situation, you know, uh, and Jacob Cowing, obviously, like the ceiling on that type of a situation where he goes from a, a high producing offense into a power five team and is in high producing offense and, and role again. But keep an eye on Devontae's Walker this offseason and, and maybe some transfer rumors. All right, Colin, I'm only giving you one stock down here tonight. That's all, right. all you get. I, so I've talked too much. I've talked hit too me much. with it. Uh, my stock down here is Deuce Vaughn, uh, and it's mostly from a CFF perspective. So last two weeks, 10 carries, 12 carries. And that even includes when Adrian Martinez got hurt last week uh, and they had to bring in Howard. He wasn't really any more involved. Uh, you know, he's been disappointing on the year, 16.8 fantasy points per game. That is not the player that you were drafting in the first round. To him, you were not you were drafting him in the first round to be a league winning guy. And it, we just haven't seen that. And a lot of that has to do with the way that they have kind of evolved the offense here around the running quarterback. Because even when Will Howard got in last week, he was running all over the place. And that has been uh, definitely to Deuce Vaughn's detriment in terms of CFF value. So he's a guy you're, you're still trotting out there every week, uh, but you know, it's more because that's where you took him and you probably don't have any better options. You know, I don't love starting him every week though. And I don't think these lack of stats that he's has this year. I don't think that hurts his NFL stock a ton. Uh, you know, I, I think that is, he has, has a pretty substantial body of work both in the rushing game and the receiving game. Uh, you know, but last year, last year in school does matter for running backs. And this definitely does not help him in that regard. Yeah. You want to talk about a bad last year in school here? How about Jackson Smith and Jigba? It's finally time to start having the conversation. Uh, came back this week, re-aggravated a hamstring injury again. I think he's done for the year. Yeah, he just needs to shut it down. He slash Ohio State, someone's going to shut it down here for him. Um, just a, eight targets on the year, three, four catches, like just nothing, nothing. This guy was the biggest bust this season in terms of just a highly drafted guys that absolutely crushed uh, whatever fantasy teams were were needing him. Um, I don't think this necessarily kills him long-term, like going to the NFL. Um, but I don't think that he'll be the first wide receiver drafted anymore. No. I think the odds are pretty slim. So I think he probably cost himself a little bit of money. Who do you put that on now? Uh, not to get too far off on a tangent. Yeah, it's too far off on a tangent. We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think it'll be him. Because <laughs> there's been other disappointments too. Keishon Boutte. But all right. Sorry. Keep going with your JSN rant. That's all I got. That wasn't a rant. Just not your, con- your your JSN talk. Um, no, I, I agree with you on JSN there. I mean, I hate to call people who are injured busts because it's not like he's out there just not performing. Um, you know, it, it's because of an injury. But do you think this injury and the way that this year has gone for him, do you think that leads him to come back next year? No. You don't think so? Man, I don't want to say never because Olave came back. Olave obviously, yeah. that coaching staff does have some sort of 
um, I don't know, not voodoo, but they definitely either can encourage these kids to come back if they think that they should or that they need it. Um, but I don't think his odds are that great. I think he okay. leaves. I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I think it's it wasn't even a discussion before. And now it's like, a well, so. I wonder what draft grade he'll get from like the, the NFL or whatever. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Colin. Uh, no waiver wire tonight here, guys. Um, a couple different places you can find our waiver wire content. First off, check out this week's Chasing the Natty episode. Uh, Jared always does a good do- job talking some waiver wire um, stuff. And then the other uh, place that you can find it is on our YouTube channel, Campus to Canton uh, YouTube page. Uh, we do every Tuesday morning, so it'll be out by the time uh, this probably hits your ears. Um, just a, a quick waiver, 10, 10 minute or so show every week on Tuesdays that uh, has a handful of names that we're targeting on waivers. Um, so go check both of those out. But what we are going to do next, Colin, real quick here, is a two-round 2025 mock draft. We're going to assume that every player that can leave school before then is gone. So this is, you know, guys that basically are, are freshmen uh, this year. So that means, you know, Braylon Allen didn't return to school or any of that. Um, but I think we're far enough into the season now that the class is starting. Like that that initial kind of shape up is starting to happen. Um, and I am so nice that I'm going to let you pick first here, Colin. <laughs> All right, is, we'll that because you're, is that because you're so nice or because you just wanted to see uh... – you 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 didn't have a, a guy that you felt that confident about going first. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I actually don't have like my like I didn't make a full list. Like mm-hmm. I had my rankings mm-hmm. in front of me. But it wasn't like I like mapped mm-hmm. out a strategy. So I don't uh, know. Okay. Okay. Um, now so going first here, I think there's there's a couple different directions you can go here. Um, and either one that I'm leaning right now. You probably would call me it's, a homer. It's the freaking 101, man. Like, come on. We're not at the 2.8 here. Like, come on. Just spit out your 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 guy here. I'm going to take uh, Nicholas Singleton at the 101 here. I still think he is the top guy here. He has not done anything that I didn't expect this year. I was expecting this to be a backfield that was split, and he has looked good in limited work here. I still think he's going to continue to get better. Uh, and I think that he is the best bet in that in this draft class to get day one draft capital out of the running backs. Um, so I'm going to go Luther Burton second, actually. Um, and I like like he's just shown his versatility basically this year. They've used him in a ton of different uh, ways. This week was his first real big receiving week. He had four for 66 and one. Um, he's done a lot of damage or at least some damage on the ground here, uh, in, in past weeks. Um, this, this Missouri offense isn't doing him any favors. So, I mean, I know we all joke, you know, where's he going to end up next year? Is it going to be Texas? Is it going to be, going to be Bammer? (laughs) Um, but I really do think at the end of the day, before he leaves college, a transfer might be necessary just for him to finally get the volume that can showcase his skill set. Because uh, he is an NFL, you know, athlete. He's got NFL size. He's got all that. Um, I wonder if he ends up settling in the slot, or if he can, if the team thinks he can be a boundary guy. I don't know if we'll know that again at Missouri. Um, but just been everything we hoped for. And as a side note, 
um, the eight year one zero thresholds, he has already hit every single one of them, <laughs> which is incredible. So, um, you know, high likelihood of him being something down the road here. I like that pick. Um, yeah, he's I think he's pretty clearly my number one wide receiver here. Um, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this for being a homer, but I'm going to take Drew Aller homer. At, the, at the 103 here uh, at the quarterback. I mean, I still like Devin Brown a lot, and I don't know why I let Matt Bruning influence me at you all never here, but that. just th- there's just a little seed of doubt. Like, is Kyle McCord actually going to get this job over Devin Brown? Not 100% sure on that. Um, so, but we know that Drowler is the next guy up at Penn state and he has looked a little bit ahead of schedule from where I was expecting, you know, he's gotten in a little bit at the end of every game. He's getting some game action. I think he'll be ready for next year. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Drowler. Um, next up for me, this is, uh, two running backs, very, very close together, but I'm, I'm still going to take Branson Robinson here. I know, I know. I'm not taking Quinshawn Judkins. Um, we've basically seen Branton Robinson once, and he was really, really good. He ran for like 12 for 98 in a touchdown. Um, I still think that overall he has the better game uh, between those two guys. And at some point, like I think the the low-rated guy that takes the job and does really well as a true freshman is a very intriguing player. Uh, but I think more often than not, you should still kind of stick with the top guy that, that we've we've seen flash over the guy that's been doing it every week through year one. So I'm still going to take uh, Branson Robinson over him. And I, I, if you take Judkins here, we won't get to hear who else I would take in front of him. But uh, there's a couple other backs I would still take over him too. Well, I mean, game theory here. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't going to take Judkins here either. Judkins has jumped up pretty significantly in my rankings here, but uh, I have not moved. Uh, I haven't moved the rest of the freshman running backs really at all. Um, so I am going to take Devin Brown here now. Now I'll take Devin Brown. I don't. Whoever the Ohio State quarterback is going to be is going to put up numbers for for CFF. They're going to very likely get drafted early in the NFL draft here as well. It's just kind of the system that they run. It's Ohio State. The NFL is going to value that. I think Devin Brown has a lot of tools there as well. So uh, I, I'm very happy getting both of these quarterbacks because there's still several running backs I like. This is a deep running back class. All right. Um, but I, I get, nah, okay. So I just said there are multiple backs. I, I, I have Judkins at 11 and another. So I have three freshmen in a row. I have Branson, Judkins, and Trevante Citizen all still in a row in my rankings. Um, I'll take Judkins here. Just better immediate value. No, I like that. Um, I will take uh, Tremonte Citizen here because um, I have those three very close as well. I have Jaden Blue um, right there with them as well. I should probably drop him behind Robinson at the very least and then right there with Citizen. I still have some hope for Blue. Yeah, um, I just the, he's the only guy right now that has significant competition coming in next year, right. which I think you know you kind of have to hedge there at some point. So yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But Citizen, I think people are kind of forgetting like how good he was, sounded like he was looking there at the beginning of camp before that injury. And I think this is an offense too that you know Josh Gaddis' offenses have been able to run the ball fairly well. Um, you know Henry Parrish Jr. has looked good this year, and I don't think he's half the running back that uh, Trevante Citizen is. So I'll take uh, I'll take Citizen. 
Then I'm going to take. Uh, da, 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 da. There hasn't really been like a true freshman quarterback this year that's kind of taken the world by storm. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Antonio Williams, who's my wide receiver two in this class currently. Um, Oof, true freshman okay, okay. there at Clemson. Uh, oh, sorry. No, he's well, he's not, but I already said the thing. So I know who yeah. you're, you, you can change it if you would like. I know who you're going to take. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Barry and Brown is my wide yeah. receiver too. And that's, that's who I would take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barry and Brown was my wide receiver too coming into the year behind Luther Burden. He's done literally nothing to uh, shake that off. In fact, he's actually been better than I thought he would be. Um, I thought he would be a very good returner from day one, but he's also been a focal point of the Kentucky offense uh, as a wide receiver. He starts there for them. Um, and uh, has been yeah significant contributor for them. He's got NFL size. He's six foot, six foot one. Uh, still a little skinny, but I think he'll be you know one eighty five or something like that at the combine. And he is just a he is a uh, a Jalen Waddle level athlete. He is yeah. he'll he'll test incredibly incredibly well. You can see if you watch any clips of him on kick returns, the moment that he can finally like, turn a quarter and hit some jets, it's just like you can't teach that. So I think he has all the upside in the world. He still needs to learn. A lot about wide receiver play, but I mean, I the athleticism is just it's it's so good. At worst, at worst, I think he ends up being like a Darius Hayward Bay. That would, and yeah. I, I think he can be a lot more than that too. I think he can too. Yeah, I know. I like that one. Um, I, oh man, I struggle with this one here. I still believe in Jaden Blue. Uh, there's a couple other receivers that I like here as well. I think this 2025 class is, is going to be uh, is going to be a good one, at least based on what we're seeing so far here. Mm, man. All right, give me Evan Stewart. Give me Evan Stewart here. He's been he's been good. Uh that Alabama game, he was he was very good. He was that entire offense here. Um high high highly rated prospect here, high level athlete as well. You want to talk about a a Jaden Waddle level athlete. I think Evan Stewart is is right in that ballpark here as well. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me necessarily to see him transfer somewhere else and to get some better CFF value out of him. But even if he stays at Texas A&M, I think with his athleticism, his production as a true freshman and, and moving forward, um, you know, he has been better than expected. I'm not giving da I'm not giving Jimbo any credit for this. I think it's all Evan Stewart. So uh, give me, give me Evan Stewart here. And I went down my rankings a little bit actually to get him. I need to bump him up a couple spots. Oh, get your shit together, Colin. Uh, then I will go back. I'll go Antonio Williams here. Um, leading receiver at Clemson, incredibly dynamic, NFL size, uh, slot boundary versatility, uh, return threat, um, just pretty much everything you want out of one of these wide receivers at this point in their career. He's already hit, I believe, four of the year one zero thresholds. Um, so he's he's well on his way um, to to he's definitely in the pool of, of wide receiver prospects we'll be monitoring after this year. Um, yeah. I, I think he has the potential to be a day one wide receiver draft pick in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that as well. I like him a lot. I have him ranked pretty highly here as well, but uh, next guy I'm going to take uh, Matthew golden uh, wide receiver for Houston. You know, you want to talk about wide receivers who've been hitting some of these thresholds here. He's gotten on the field as a true freshman. He's looked good. Nathaniel Dell is going to be off to the NFL. He is going to be the guy here next year. He's banged up right now dealing with a rib injury, so we may not see too much more of him the rest of the year. I don't really know. It says he's out indefinitely, um, but they're going to be moving into the Big 12, so he's going to have that Power 5 pedigree 
coming out after that. So it's not like, oh, well, he's a G5 wide receiver. He's going to be coming out of the Big 12. The Big 12 has put wide receivers into the first round in the past. And I think Matthew Golden's CFF value is going to be incredible. And then I think he's also going to, uh, I think he's also going to return some Debbie value for you as well. Yeah, bummer with a rib injury. I don't know. They haven't given us a timetable for how long Golden will be out. Um, hopefully he's we get to see him again this year. Um, I, I will take blue here, finally. Um, I think, you know, no matter – here's what we know about Texas, basically, for next year. We know that um, Bijan Robinson is is almost certainly leaving there. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Roshan Johnson. Does he leave? Does he decide to come back for one more final year there? Um, and then beyond them, they have Jonathan Brooks – who's an interesting guy, but he has gotten fewer touches, I believe, than Jaden Blue this year. Um, and then they do bring in true freshman Cedric Baxter, who is our top running back here at Campus Canton at the moment in the class. I would suspect that he finishes in that spot. He's a very, very good player. Um, I don't like him more than I liked Blue, but I think he is a little bigger than Blue. Um, Blue has been disappointing in terms of what he's weighed in at throughout the year. Uh, I still, again, I, I've said this all, like he's more Jameer Gibbs. He's not the 220-pound guy. So we'll see if Texas wants to use him that way or not. But um, so I think at the 112 here, that feels pretty good to me. So we'll uh, real quick here, 1 through 12, Nick Singleton, Penn State running back, Luther Burden, wide receiver at Missouri, Drew Aller, quarterback at Penn State, Branson Robinson, quarterback at Georgia, Devin Brown, quarterback at Ohio State, uh, Quinchon Judkins, 106, running back Ole Miss, 107, Trevante Citizen, running back Miami, uh, 108, Barry and Brown, wide receiver Kentucky, the 109 is Evan Stewart, Texas A&M wide receiver, 110 is Antonio Williams, the Clemson wide receiver, 111, Matthew Golden, Houston wide receiver, and then 112, uh, Jaden Blue, running back Texas. This is definitely a stronger wide receiver class than I thought it would be right off the bat. We still need to see some growth out of some of these guys, but uh, definitely interesting there. Um, any thoughts on the first round there, Colin? No, honestly, I think that's pretty much how I was expecting that to go. I know you guys did something similar to this on Debbie Debate here, and guys like uh, Tronte Citizen had fall, uh, fell too far, and, and Jaden Blue fell pretty far there as well. But I think... Anybody who listens to us regularly, I think this is pretty uh, pretty status quo for us. So this is more or less what I was expecting. You know enough names to do another round? Do I know enough names to do another round? Get well, I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything. So get out of here. Yeah, I know enough names to. Do okay. okay, I'm insulted. I am insulted. Then we'll do one more round, Colin. And since you know so many names, we'll let you go first again here. Speaking of insulted, um, Chris Moxley, I know you listen to this. You can stop yelling at your phone right now because I'm going to take Ty Simpson, quarterback from Alabama. Five-star quarterback, Alabama pedigree. Uh, Jalen Milrow did not look great in those games that he played in that Arkansas game. Um, you know, In that Texas A&M game, he didn't look that great. Uh, I'm not sold on him as a starter for next year. I think it could be Ty Simpson, but uh, you know, I think you guys made a really, you made a really nice point on Debbie debate as well, where you were talking about the future of Alabama's offense. And I do think it's kind of centered around an RPO. And I think Ty Simpson can run that well as and, and offer something in the passing game as well, which we did not really see much of from Milrow. Um, well, since you take Simpsons, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Jade not. Back at Cal there, been very productive, took over that job quicker than I thought he would. 
Uh, I thought it would be kind of a timeshare there with him and Damian Moore. Um, he's been good. He's struggled in tough matchups. So we'll see, you know, is, is that a product of Cal's offense and their team? Is maybe he just kind of not that level of a player? We'll see. But he athletically comps pretty favorably to some guys that have had some success in the NFL in the past. Uh, he's over 200 pounds already. He's caught some passes. Um, so, yeah, at this point in, in this draft, I, I feel pretty good uh, taking him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great, a really nice CFF value there and, you know, it's a pretty solid athlete. So we'll see how that plays out for the NFL side. Uh, I will take Adam Randall here, wide receiver for Clemson, um, made a pretty remarkable recovery to get back on the field. He had a couple targets in that last game here. He's starting to build up some work. Um, you, I'm sure, you know, he's still a year one zero though. Correct. At this point he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't expect him to end up on that list. Uh, given his usage so far, I think he's going to, um, get off of that list here too. So, uh, give me Adam Randall. This is a guy they were very high on in the spring. Um, then I will take Isaiah bond, uh, wide receiver, uh, for Alabama. Um, a 5'11", 180 kid. He's kind of what Bama has recruited at that, that wide receiver position lately, like just speed, 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 speed. Really, really, really good athlete. Uh, so far in the year, nine catches, uh, 159 yards. Um, and he like he, he's definitely shown to take the top off defense. Now it's kind of time to see the, you know, can, can he develop other uh, skills as a wide receiver? But I think that he, with how much he's seeing the field right now, as a true freshman, that bodes well for his future there at Alabama. Um, and I, uh, Bama wide receiver, uh, should he continue to produce, will be worth uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, people might be saying, why not Kobe Prentice? Uh, but I, I, I would agree with you. I would take Bond over him too. I just think there's more athletic upside there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Prentice is getting a ton of volume, but like the, the yardage and t- like the the accompanying stats are not that high so it'd be interesting like is he going to be a guy that just has to rely on insane volume moving forward and does he continue to get insane volume and his his quarterback's leaving after this year maybe not right right uh next guy i'm going to take here is not a guy that i think you would have taken here so game theory i probably would have let him fall a little bit more but i'm going to take andrew paul here running back from georgia wouldn't have taken him um, he's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, you know, he had a, a late rise in the process, in the process here at the end of his recruiting cycle ends up at Georgia. Uh, and then, you know, we were hearing a little bit of buzz about him in the fall. You know, it sounded like he was looking pretty good. And then he tore his, uh, ACL, I believe is what the injury was there. He's out for the rest of the year. And then given the other, you know, they've just, they're bringing in Roderick Robertson here, Robinson here wouldn't really surprise me if Andrew Paul would transfer out, but even if he does stay, I think there's room for two Georgia backs to be good. Um, so I, I like uh, Andrew Paul still. I think he's got good size, good uh, athleticism. So, and that Georgia pedigree, or if he transfers out, um, you know, I think it's either way. There's some Debbie potential there. Uh, so uh, I'm up here at the 206 and I'm actually going to take a guy that I was not super high on Ted McMillan wide receiver at Arizona. And again, this is another guy where am I still slightly skeptical about what he end like ends up in the NFL? Yeah, probably because he is one of these you know taller, slightly more contested catch guy. But I think he's been a little more versatile than that so far this season. He's basically shifted into a one A one B scenario with Jacob Cowing there, which I think has been impressive. Like I'd never doubted really that he could produce, although I think he's produced a lot, a lot earlier than what I thought he would. 
Um, like he's a legitimate, I think you can almost start him every week in CFF at the moment, um, which definitely wouldn't quite have guessed that by, you know, week seven, six, when, you know, a couple weeks ago of, of his freshman season. So he's been really, really good, uh, bigger guy. Um, if he can continue to develop there, then I think he's a really intriguing guy uh, moving forward. And I think realistically, you can make an argument for him over Isaiah Bond. I think you can make an argument for him as early as like that 202 there, maybe 201, 202. Yeah, I would entertain that. Um, Mr. Zero QB here is letting a lot of value fall here. And, you know, I don't need a QB. I wasn't uh, I wasn't overly impressed with Kate Klubnik in this most recent performance here, but still a five star guy. I think there's a, a very real chance that we see him by the end of the year again. Um, but uh, my concern a little bit now is that DJU comes back. If DJU hangs onto this job and then comes back. And then I have no idea what's going to happen with that QB situation. So I'm a little bit skeptical, a little bit scared off here. But I think Kate Klubnik is, there's definitely some talent there. Uh, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll take the five star here. Oh man, decisions, decisions, Colin. So I'm going to take a guy that I know you have no idea I'm going to take in Catron Allen. Ah. The Robin to Nick Singleton's Batman so far. He's been pretty good. He lost, he transformed his potty. Uh, yeah, his potty. His potty. <laughs> transformed the <laughs> ish out. Yeah, he, uh, he transformed his body this offseason, uh, lost some bad weight. Uh, he'll never be, you know, this super shifty ankle breaking kind of guy, but he's been very dependable there for them. Um, I think there's an NFL future for him. Um, and, you know, I think they'll highlight both these backs, maybe annoyingly so for the next couple of years. Um, but he's shown more than a couple other guys. So, so I'll slot him in here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm surprised you took him here. You were, um, you were pretty off of him in the process, in the, in the recruiting process. He started out as my running back five, I believe. And they okay. just dropped during the entire process. I think there's a YouTube video last year that Matt and I did in like November of like our top 10 or 12 at, the, at each position. And we talked running backs. And yeah, I think I think I had Allen as like five or six. And then he ended it at like 17 or 18. I just thought Singleton would take that job and make it his. And I hate having to then oh, figure out transfers or whatever, you know, oh, well, if he goes somewhere else, he'll still be good. Like I... I'm trying to play around with that. Like, I just wanted to get the job where they are. It's safer. Like, so, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, messed that up a little bit, but whatevs. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of taking a guy that's similar to Katron Allen in that it's a guy that we, um, liked in the process here. And, and you know, Felix can stop yelling now, um, cause this will be his guy, Jamorian Miller running back at Alabama. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten in a couple of games here. He looked good in that, uh, in that Vanderbilt game. He had two touchdowns in that one. Uh, so he's gotten on the field some, I think he's talented. I like Jamorian Miller. My biggest concern with him is Jace McClellan probably coming back. I think Jace McClellan probably leads that backfield next year. And then they bring in two, uh, two of the top five guys in this year's class in justice Haynes, uh, and Richard Young. And I'm not a huge fan of Richard Young, but I like Justice Haynes. So either way, there's always a pile of bodies in that Alabama backfield that people just have to climb over and fight through to try and get onto the field and be the guy. Can Jamorian Miller do it? Maybe. I think he can. Uh, and if he does, then this is a screaming value. If he doesn't, then it's a wasted pick. 
I like it. I like it. I probably should have mentioned Colin for our last pick. I kind of want you to take a guy that uh, we think like we're going to see their stock rise a bunch over the next year. So maybe not okay. necessarily the next guy in like whatever your rankings would be, but a guy okay. you think, yeah, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe not doing so hot now, but by the end of next year, um, that'll be your guy. So okay. don't put it All on right. the sheet. Don't put it on the sheet. Cause I'm going to take talent. I check on. Put it on the sheet. You're, yeah, I'm fine. letting you do the sheet. I saw right. you, you're, you're clicking there. around. I can see the mouse calling anonymous cheetah or whatever. Google has you guys <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, Talon Chetron's my pick here. Wide receiver at Oklahoma State. He has not been as productive as I thought he would be. And it's even more perplexing because it hasn't been Jaden Bray either. Chetron, <laughs> um, basically two catches for 26 yards and a touchdown, I believe is his current stat line, um, which technically he is still a year one zero. But I feel okay about him moving forward because he got some snaps this week. I think he can cross a couple of these thresholds. And I think even if he doesn't do it, he still has some nice CFF upside there in that Oklahoma State offense. So I still think there's some insulated value there. Um, and I mean, he's, you know, six, two, six, three, 185 pounds, like, you know, great athlete, red zone threat. They loved him in the spring. So I think if he was fully healthy, maybe we'd have a different idea of Shetron. And this, this week, we could look back in a year and be like, wow, he really should have gone like, you know, one, one eleven, one twelve. I don't know. What were we doing? But, uh, he hasn't shown it quite yet. And some of these other guys have, oh man. Okay. So you're. you're, you're making me go in a different direction than what I might've gone here. Um, that's the point. So that makes it interesting. There's two guys that I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. and I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to take either of them. So can I talk about both of them? Sure. Okay. Uh, first guy here that I'm going to talk about, um, Squirrel White. This is this would be the guy who I will take here. Squirrel okay. White, wide receiver for Tennessee. Uh, I think that he has he's already gotten on the field. He's already um, done pretty well here for for Tennessee here and, and I'm pulling up his, his stats here quickly. Um, Squirrel white, also Marquarius white either way. Um, but he, in that game against UT Martin, five catches, 122 yards and a touchdown. You know, he has one catch for 47 yards, three catches for 25 yards. So he's, he's gotten on the field. He's gotten some role here. They seem to like him and Tillman's going to be gone next year. Jalen Hyatt, might also parlay this season uh, into the NFL draft as well, especially given how he has looked recently and the potential questions at quarterback. So we could be looking at an entirely different wide receiver room here. And we know we want wide receivers in, uh, in Tennessee's offense. So this is going, he's a guy that I think is going to rise for CFF. He's also a very dynamic athlete. Uh, with the ball in his hands. So I could see an NFL team liking him as well. He's got to put on a little bit of weight because he's a little small, but um, I, I think he's going to be a guy who rises. And then the other guy uh, that I think would be a riser is Brady Allen, quarterback for Purdue. Uh, I was a little bit worried about Allen, so I was a little—I uh, was a little worried about the situation at Purdue with Ricky Collins coming in, because I think overall Ricky Collins is a more talented player than Brady Allen, even if Brady Allen fits kind of what Purdue does a little bit better. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Collins is going to LSU, so it's. It's Brady Brady Allen's job, and I wrote about this in the midseason um, C2C Moves article that I wrote up over at the site. You know, there Aiden O'Connell's gone; he's a sixth-year guy. The backup is a sixth-year guy as well. It's going to be Michael Alamo, and I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. And Brady Allen. What a what a job. lame-o. <laughs> um, Got him. 
<laughs> so it's going to be these two competing for the job. They're pretty much on even playing field here. I think Brady Allen's a better player. Uh, so, and if he starts there, he's going to be a red shirt after this year. So he's going to have four years of CFF production at Purdue, which is going to be huge uh, in Jeff Brom's system. And I think there is an outside, outside Debbie chance for him um, to be like a day two type of a guy and, and a guy who just kind of sticks around on an NFL roster. So I don't think he is strictly CFF. So I like Brady Allen a lot as well. All right. So here's mine. The bag, the cat was left out of the bag. Uh, this week on College uh, Fantasy Tonight when Felix name-dropped a guy that I have been... I've stashed in two different places already, and I was hoping to stash in a lot more by the end of the season. So that process has been expedited. Uh, TJ Harden, the running back at UCLA, mm, that's a guy a that one. I think has the potential to uh, really uh, amass some value here uh, in the next year. He's like six foot 210-ish, I believe. Um Look, like I, I I had him as a like tier four guy, which wasn't quite good enough to get into our guide. Uh, my notes are very sparse on him. Like I'd like really, you know, he's like average athlete. Like he, he looks fine. He's not like super exciting. He's not a, a bum either, basically. Um, but he has been one of the backups there at UCLA. They might, you know, they split the carries last year. Uh, maybe they'll split him again next year once Charbonnet is fully gone. But the other guy that's vying for touches there is Keegan Jones, who is an undersized back. So I think at worst, this is a thunder lightning scenario, especially now that they don't have Roderick Robinson coming in, who I thought uh, could be a contributor from day one. Like, I think this could be the the Harden and Jones show. And best case scenario, it's just a Harden show. And I mean, the Chip Kelly offense is very conducive to high end running back production. So he's a guy that I think we could be talking about uh, much higher next year, and he'll be a big target for me. Uh, over the next couple of weeks as we kind of wrap up uh, the year. Um, I think that's a really good call, but he's got to get by my guy, Keegan Jones. I think it was on the very first or the very, or the second episode of, uh, of campus life that we ever did. I talked about Keegan Jones. I was like, man, this guy is electric. Uh, woogie, 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 woogie. And he's, he's, he's showing out here. He's doing a little bit. No, but I, so, you know, Keegan Jones, soft spot in my heart there. But, yeah, I, I, I like uh, TJ Harden. And just to toss out some other names here of guys that I think probably deserve, um, you know, at least having their name dropped uh, during this period. Uh, Bray, uh, you mentioned Brady Allen. Dane Key, wide receiver yeah. at Kentucky, has been pretty good this year. Chris Marshall, the five-star, other five-star wide receiver at, at Texas A&M. I was not the biggest Marshall fan, but I think, like, the fact that he's done fine this year like there's no buzz around him. I, I just sold Jalen McMillan for him straight up. Um, so yeah, in a league where I'm not competing at all this year, um, I, I moved McMillan for him, kind of an, uh, a next year type play. Jeremy Bernard at Michigan State, uh, wide receiver. Jordan Hudson, wide receiver at TCU. Um, Oscar Delp. We I noticed we didn't talk about any tight ends, but he was, I think, consensus our top tight end. Um, and he should get some more looks there next year, depending on who all leaves there. But it, Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert could both be gone. So uh, he might be a significant part of Georgia's offense. Cartavius Norton, running back Iowa State, kid that I really liked, the kid that I still think would have taken over that backfield if he hadn't gotten hurt on day one. Because um, Darrell Brock he still could by the end of the year. He could, yeah. Brock hasn't been anything special there. Um, Omarion Hampton slash George Petaway, the two running backs at UNC. Um, do you have any other names, Colin? I know um, um, 
uh, the, the, uh, Trevor Etienne's looked okay this year in limited work. Uh, Ashton Gentis has done pretty well. Uh, Jordan James, the running back at Oregon, uh, had a touchdown this weekend. He's been okay. Javante Barnes at Oklahoma, the running back. Like there, there are definitely some names here. This this class is shaping up decently here in the early days. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you threw that over to me. There are a couple other guys there. Did you mention Jordan Hudson? And I did miss that. I one? did. Yeah, I did okay. toss his name in there. Yeah. Okay, so then I must have just missed that one. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he deserves a mention as well. Um, another guy that I haven't heard really, really anybody talk about here, but it's a guy who has been getting some run is Dylan Sampson at Tennessee, the running back there. Mm. Um, smaller guy. So I don't know if he ever uh, amounts to a guy who's going to lead a committee there, but he's getting on the field already. So definitely a positive sign there. Whereas Justin Williams Thomas really has not. No, he um, hasn't at all, which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kobe Paysauer, wide receiver for North Carolina, another guy that I think definitely deserves a mention here. Josh Downs is going to be gone. Um, they're going to be looking for somebody else to fill that role. Because Antoine Green, I believe, is out of eligibility too. So Kobe Paysauer. Paysauer is last year's class, though. He's a red shirt freshman, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, he technically could. That's why I said technically everybody is, yeah. is gone if they can. Okay. So. Okay. That's a good point. Um, then Tayshawn Chapman is a guy that I liked there, too, at North Carolina. I think Kobe Pace hours jumped him for me here, but I'm not ruling out Tayshawn Chapman, who was, I believe, the fastest wide receiver and I think the fastest player that we clocked in this draft class here as well. Um, Denylon Morissette at Georgia, an interesting guy there, too. Um, and then, you know, just a couple quarterbacks that, you know, maybe we yeah, see. Yeah, Wegman, we didn't mention at all. Yeah, he Wegman. has been getting some run. Yeah. Wegman getting a little bit of run here. I think he's going to moving forward as well. Gunnar Stockton's a guy that I've always been a big fan of. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential there. He was a little raw the last time we saw him. Um, Justin Martin and Thomas Castellanos, probably only CFF guys, but they are both guys who could have some serious league-winning CFF potential in the future. Um, just given their dynamic ability with as as a rusher, um, I think that's really about it. There's some yeah. other guys I'm sure that we're missing, but All right. a lot of names there for you guys. Um, so let's bring it home, Colin, real quick with the early week start sits. Um, as always, uh, we each pick ten starts, ten sits. We do not share these names with each other before we hop on here. Um, these are players that are kind of non-obvious starts and non-obvious sits. Uh, hence why our records are roughly 500 every week when we do this. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all we've got. I think if you look at last uh, last week's results, Colin, I had three players that ended up not playing. <laughs> um, so I went 7 and 10 on the week, not my best week. You went 10 and 10 overall. Um, so right now you are up three uh, 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 on me with a couple of weeks left to play. But I feel really, really good about the names that I picked this week. And like I said, I feel like I should get like triple points because I said sit Travion Henderson. But um, And you told everyone to sit Day Day Hunter. You basically told everybody to sit the three biggest producers of the week. Yeah. Um, so I think that should be that, that should be bonus points. Like t- I think there should be points taken off of you and then I should mm, get the one for Travion. Uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, the, a couple of couple of picks last week that uh, that did not go so well for me but um i'm learning my lesson here uh my first start is keaton mitchell running back ecu uh going up against a guy that you should start every week anyway good good stuff colin glad to see that you you really got to hold on to this lead here against me 
No, he's not necessarily a guy you should start every week. He's a guy that we've talked about it being one of the more matchup dependent guys out there, um, given his proclivity for explosive plays. Proclivity um, for pyrotechnics. Isn't that what Professor McGonagall says? And maybe. I don't know. Um, but against Navy, he had 0.5 points. He only had five carries. I think that was the game where he got a little bit banged up. The week after that, he only had 14 points against Tulsa. Um, past two weeks, though, very good performer. Um, and then he's going to go up against uh, BYU in this one. So BYU is a defense that I said uh, to sit Day Day Hunter against because their defense looked bad because they gave up 277 yards rushing to Arkansas, 234 yards to Notre Dame, 212 to Oregon. It turns out BYU's run defense is actually trash. It's not just against the good teams. It's also against the teams that aren't quite as good here. Uh, but Keaton Mitchell back-to-back 100-yard games, uh, multi-touchdown games here. You know, maybe a little bit of a softer one. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I'm going. I'm going with some tougher ones here. I'm saying start Miles Marshall, wide receiver for Miami of Ohio. Uh, they get Brett Gabbert back this week as their quarterback. Uh, that offense uh, clicks a lot more when Gabbert's there. The main guy is Matt Kippenhammer, and I'm. I'm not including him in this one, but I obviously would start him as well. He got 14 targets last week in Gabbert's uh, opening week back. But Marshall, who's not really being talked about at all and has only owned uh, a roster 1% on fan tracks, had nine targets last week. It's a bottom 30 pass defense at Akron. Uh, I think they're going to pass the ball around a lot more now. I think there's going to be enough for both of those guys moving forward here. But I, So I'm going to say you can you can start Marshall this week too. You're going to be mad. You all, No way did you put Miles Marshall. No, I put Matt Kippenhammer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, we we need like a judge to put like a um, Matt uh, Hip- a difficulty rating on all of these. He Hippenhammer averages eleven fantasy points per game this year. In his yeah, because last- what's his because Brett Gabbert's been out all year, bro. That yeah, that, I mean that's my point. He's coming back this week, so start him this week. You know, not everybody out there might know that. Not everybody out there might know that. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting Matt Kippenhammer there for all the reasons that you said, and then he's the number one guy in that offense. This is the weakest dog crap <laughs> lineup I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I'm saying start Luke McCaffrey this week. Did you put Luke McCaffrey? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're just gonna say my next eight so that you, I am. Uh, yep. Straight up. This Straight guy. Up. Back to you. Back to you. No. Break uh, down McCaffrey. Uh, Charlotte is just awful defensively. I mean, they they. They stink. Uh, 119th in the country in team pass defense specifically with McCaffrey being a wide receiver. Uh, that's what matters. And the game total for this is actually fairly high. It's at 60 and a half. Uh, so I think plenty of opportunities there for Luke McCaffrey. Um, so I'm starting CMC's little brother. I saw it at 60, but I had that in my notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, game total 60. Yeah. Charlotte bad defense. So Poopy. back to you. All right. Then next up for me is Jair Shorter. He is. Did you really have Jair? No, I didn't. <laughs> I debated for a long time between him and Burns, but I settled on Shorter because he has more targets on the season, although not by a ton. Western Kentucky is not a great uh, team defensively. This is a game total of uh, 69 points. Um, so lots of passing in this one. So, yeah, I, I like Shorter this week. I think he, uh, he gets in the end zone at least once. And, yeah, good, good, good week. Uh, I'm going to go with Hunter Deckers this week. Uh, against Oklahoma, is that is that one acceptable? Is that one far enough down the list there? Oh, he feels like his QB two, so you have to ask him. But uh, 
Um, no, I'm starting Hunter Deckers here this week. Last week, he had 27 fantasy points. Um, so he, he's starting to get it going a little bit more here. But Oklahoma's D is not good. They give up the 29th most points, uh, 10th most rush yards, 46th most pass yards. So pretty soft all around. And Deckers has the ability to beat him with his legs if he wants to use it. But uh, the rest of the uh, Iowa State rushing game has not been very good. So maybe they start to use him that way. But either way. Uh, I like uh, Hunter Deckers this week. I'm starting Cameron Peoples this week, and he's actually like one of my must starts here. Like, I if I had to stake I my reputation one. on one player, it might be Cameron Peoples. Um, he has gotten or he got 23 carries last week, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, they play Robert Morris this week. For anybody not familiar with Robert Morris, it's here in Pittsburgh. Well, it's right outside of Pittsburgh, but it's here in Romo. Pittsburgh. They're a tiny school. They're not doing particularly well uh, down in, in their conference. The last three games for Robert Morris, they gave up 185 rush yards to NCA&T. The week before that, they gave up 195 total rush yards to Campbell. And the week before that, they gave up over 300 on the ground to Gardner-Webb. Um, not a good rush defense. I think this will be a game where where uh, they kind of take it easy. The App State gets out early on them, runs the ball a bunch, and, and gets out of there. So I, I like Cameron People this week. That was actually a guy that I was definitely considering as well there. Um, Cause I think Nate Noel, is he banged up? People's definitely out touched him by a significant amount last week. Um, so that's the only reason I chose him over mm-hmm. Noel. Uh, but I don't know if Noel is banged up or not. Maybe he is. I feel like I remember seeing something that he got banged up. I could be wrong there, but um, that was also part of the, the calculus as to why I was considering people's. But uh, my next start here, Caden Prather versus Texas tech. Um, this was a guy that you said to start last week. The process was good on that. He had eight targets, most targets on the team there. He cost me a lot of money on, uh, <laughs> on prize picks that jerk. Yeah. The, the process was good on that. Um, eight targets. He was the guy to go. It just did not work out on that one. I think it's going to work out here in this one. Cause he, he played Texas tech. He plays TCU this week. I keep messing that up. Um, TCU's pass defense is not very good. They allow the 30th most 30th most pass yards per game, 260. Uh, West Virginia is going to have to sling it to keep up with them. Uh, so give me Caden Prather this week. I like Colby Young this week. We just talked about him as kind of the emerging star at uh, Miami. Um, 20, uh, 28 targets past three games. Uh, in those games, 18 catches, 280 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, they're playing Virginia. That's all I got. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going back to the well from last week here. Um, and one of my better calls is uh, J. Michael Sturdivant. Uh He's going up against yeah, that Oregon was, here. Uh, that was a good call. Yeah, he went eight, 13 targets last week, eight for 103 and two. Uh, they get Oregon this week here. Oregon's run defense is good. We talked about last week. Um, although UCLA still did pretty well against him on the ground, but Oregon's pass defense, not very good. Um, 16th most pass yards uh, against, they gave up 273 pass yards here. Cal is going to have to throw the ball to keep up with them. Um, so I'm firing up J. Michael Sturdivant again. Um, next up for me, I am starting Xavier Valaday. We talked about Colorado being a terrible rush defense earlier. Apparently, Colin also has Damian Valaday. They've given up huge fantasy performances to running backs all year long, including freshman Damian Martinez's 22-178-3. Uh, this feels like a no-brainer to me. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it is a no brainer here uh, over. He has over 20 fantasy points in three of his last five. He's averaging four targets per game over that span as well. So he gets involved in the passing game too. Um, so yeah, um, I'm also starting Xavier Valaday. What a copycat. Um, I love how I'm, you're now going first because I've had so yeah, much. Yeah, it's, it's totally flipped around. Like usually you go first in all these. And I game go, theory. Uh, That's how you keep a lead. Uh, Ted McMillan. I'm starting Ted McMillan this week. I'm good. You didn't You're say good. that one? Okay, nope. we're flipped the script again. Uh, this role is really growing for him as of late. Uh, last four games, 6, 10, 7, and 9 targets for McMillan. And in those four games, he's gone 20 catches, 319 yards, and five touchdowns. Been performing really, really well. USC, not a, they're, they're very average defensively, I would say. This game total is 75.5 points, too. They're expecting some fireworks in this one. Um, so and and Arizona is gonna have to pass the ball to move it, I think. So I I think double digit targets for him. I think double digit targets for Cowing. I think they'll both have really nice weeks, but give me McMillan here. Okay. Uh my next start here is Clayton Toon. Um, he up and down pretty much all year this year, but this last two games, 32 and 33 fantasy points, gets UCF or USF. This week, they allow the 24th most pass yards in the country, 267, fifth most points allowed and 37.6. So I expect Houston to shred this soft defense. Uh, And Clayton Toon's a guy that you play in the good matchups and you sit in the bad ones. So this is a good one. Fire him up. You think you'll have over 32 and a half rush yards or under 32 and a half rush yards, Colin? Um. Well, I'm looking at his stats here in front of me, and he has over 32 rush yards in uh, three of his last five. 63, yeah. 26, 56, 20, and 43. Yeah, just for the record, I'm not playing that on prize picks, but that line is there. So uh, It's tempting. Yeah, it, sticks out, it stuck out of my mind because I was like, I haven't been paying attention to Clayton Toon's rush totals, and I was like, wow, that's really high. Like, Has Clayton Toon been running a lot? Apparently he has. Yeah. Um, the more you know. The more you know. Uh, I'm starting Richard Reese this week, true freshman running back there for Baylor. 31 carries last week, 186 yards, two touchdowns. It seems like he's finally for sure taking over that role. Uh, Game total is fairly high. It's over 60 points here. Um, And and Texas Tech isn't anything special from a rush defense perspective. So Richard Reese running back Baylor. Um, Austin's going to yell at me in this one because technically I've picked five quarterbacks here. It's only four. But Luke McCaffrey has QB eligibility um, on my list here. But I don't care if you pick quarterbacks. They, they got a high threshold. They do have a high threshold. Um, but before you were giving me flack, what am I going to do? Pick all quarterbacks. But uh, I'm starting Carter Bradley, quarterback for South Alabama this week against Arkansas State. Uh, Arkansas State, bad pass defense. They allow 29th most yards in the country, 27th most points against, 31.1. Uh, and Carter Bradley has been pretty up and down here as well. Two weeks ago, 6.9 fantasy points against Troy, Troy, very good defense. Uh, or that was last week, two weeks ago, 29.7 against ULM. So start him in the bat. Another guy you start in the bad matchups and this is a bad match or start in the good matchups. This is a good matchup. Um, We'll finish our starts here, and then I have just like a question to ask that I don't understand. Um, not at, it, it's about prize picks. There's there's oh. a really some the lines came out recently, so I'm kind of flicking through them as you're talking. Oh, okay, what you're saying right now requires no rebuttal for me. Um, <laughs> so you're just tuning me out completely. And there's this one line that's like 
in my opinion, super soft. And it's basically the same line as it was last week, which was also super soft. The guy crushed it. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, Marshawn Lloyd running back at South Carolina, taking a page out of Collins playbook. I think you've said start him multiple times this year. I have Uh, Missouri is their opponent game script. I think will be in his favor, uh, averaging over a hundred yards over his past four games. And he has seven touchdowns in that span. So give me some Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah. um, I picked him as my prize picks play last week. Oh, uh, on the uh, on tailgate, and it hit. I'm assuming it did. Yeah, it was, I the think... line was sixty point five, and then it bumped up to sixty three or sixty five point five. I was like, I would still take it. I think someone said like nine of our eleven prize picks we lines we gave hit on the show or something this week. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Chris or Jared laid that out. But yeah. I I played ten myself, and I had eight of them hit, so it was a fairly good week. So uh, you're probably the one that cost us uh, on the show too. Probably two. Uh, nope, mine hit. No, one of mine, one of mine missed uh, my Jackson dart passing total missed. Idiot. Wasn't expecting that to be a blowout, but um, anyway, I think I have one more sit here. Uh, I believe one more start, but okay. Yes. One more start. Um, another quarterback here, Jordan Travis up against Georgia tech. I'm starting him this week. Uh, he's been getting going on the ground a little bit here more, which is what we like to see for fantasy. He's got over 60 rush yards in his last two, he had a hundred, Rush yards uh, in that one. He gets Georgia Tech this week. Uh, Georgia Tech gave up 91 yards and a touchdown rushing to Brennan Armstrong. 100 yards and a touchdown to uh, John Reese Plumley. Oddly enough, they held Riley Leonard to 29 rush yards against Duke, which is a little odd here. But uh, they are susceptible to a running quarterback here, and I think Jordan Travis can can hit this one. Yeah, I said that last week. It didn't work out so well for me, so good luck with that. Um I'm starting Zion Bowens is my last one wide receiver for Hawaii. Um, They play Wyoming who they're fairly weak past defense. Um, And I think Wyoming will move the ball well enough where they Hawaii can't just kind of pack up shop like they have in a couple of these games this year. I think they'll have to, to move the ball a little bit. And the game total is like mid forties or something. It's not like it's going to be like a, a, you know, 55, 35 type game. But I think, you know, last week's game, uh, most of their games is like 16 to 14. Like 17, 13. Like they they played a lot of these low scoring, but I think this will be a little higher than that. So and Bowens will get his targets and his points. So okay. name your name your 10 starts real quick, Colin. I'll name mine and then we'll we'll move along here. Um and something I literally just thought of too. Um so people who have been right rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you very much, everybody who's doing that. Keep doing that. DM it to us on Twitter, send it to the Gmail so we can get you entered in for one of those jerseys. One of the reviews uh said it was somebody who was a little bit newer of a listener, and they said that uh one thing they would like is us to name the school and position after each player. So I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to do that more here. So I'm going to do this as I go down the list. Um, Keaton Mitchell running back for ECU, Eastern Carolina, Hunter Deckers quarterback for Iowa state, Caden Prather wide receiver for West Virginia, J Michael Sturdivant wide receiver for Cal Clayton tune quarterback for Houston, Mac Hippenhammer wide receiver for Miami of Ohio. Uh, Luke McCaffrey, wide receiver slash quarterback for Rice. Uh, Carter Bradley, quarterback for South Alabama. Zazavian Valade, running back for Arizona State. And Jordan Travis, quarterback for Florida State. All right. And my 10 here, Colin, I've got Miles Marshall, wide receiver for uh, Miami of Ohio. Luke McCaffrey, wide receiver Rice. Jair Shorter, wide receiver North Texas. Cameron People, running back. Uh, Appalachian State, Colby Young, wide receiver, Miami, Florida, Miami, the real Miami, uh, Xavier Valade, running back, 
Arizona State, Tet McMillan, wide receiver, Arizona, Richard Reese, running back, Baylor, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, running back, South Carolina, and Zion Bowens, wide receiver, uh, Hawaii. All right, nice. sits calling. I get to go first. Uh, I'm sitting John Reese Plumley. I'm sitting Dr. Jekyll this week. Um, yeah, he's struggled against you know better defenses. He's very hot or cold. Um, didn't have a great week last week, and I think he'll struggle this week against Cincy. Okay, uh, I am sitting Dominique Richardson, running back for Oklahoma State versus K State. He might not even play. This is a little bit of a. I, I that is in my that that is in my analysis. Stay tuned. Um, he, he, you know, <laughs> I'm not patient, Colin. Stay tuned for a status update. He was injured in the game last week, uh, so we don't know if he's going to play. But last week he had 24 rush yards. And he was saved by his three touchdowns. Um, he's just strictly been a volume play here. Uh, they get Kansas State this week, who outside of last week against um, TCU and Kendry Miller had been a good run defense as well. So if he plays, I'm sitting him. Uh, how about I change this to Oklahoma State running backs? Is that better? It's better. It's not great, but it's better. All right. Well, I'm getting bullied here. So we'll change it to Oklahoma State running backs. Sorry to bully you. No, you're not. All right. I'm setting Anthony Richardson against Georgia this week, and that's really all the analysis that you need, <laughs> the Georgia part. I think he'll really struggle. Yeah, I actually also have uh, Anthony Richardson here. Um, I said plays Georgia. Um, but you may not have any better options with bye weeks this week, so like, I kind of – the yeah, bodies don't seem you... as bad this week. I don't know on my teams. Maybe yours. Oh, I have a couple that like. If you look at my entire starting lineup, I have like two guys who are going this week. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, but just another note on Anthony Richardson. There, uh, his he's been all over the map for fantasy. His last five games: two fantasy points, 41, 20, 8, and twenty-eight. Just all over the place. Interesting. Um. Next up for me, I'm sitting Jade Knott, running back for Cal. Uh, Oregon's been pretty good rush defense. I know they gave up uh, some yardage last week to Zach Charbonnet. No shame in that. Guy's been around for forever. Um, between that and the game script, I think Ott has a rough day ahead of him. I'm also sitting Jade Knott um, for the reasons that you said there. But another thing, too, Jade Knott has actually struggled here in his last two uh, recent yeah, games, seven fantasy stumped. points and six fantasy points against Colorado a team that everybody has been able to run on. Um, and then Washington also not a very great defense, uh, a little bit better run defense than pass defense, but still not that great. So yeah, sit Jade, not uh, I'm sitting Anthony Grant. They've reduced his workload at, are you really, uh, no, Nebraska kidding, over the past few weeks? <laughs> uh, and Illinois is pretty good defensively. So, yeah, I don't want any part of Anthony Grant this week. I promise it's not because he burnt me. Well, I said play him everywhere for prize picks a couple weeks ago. It's not for that. I'm not petty. I am petty, but just a little not, petty. Not in this case. Um, I like that call. That was another guy I was considering. Um, I am also I'm sitting Toa Tawa running back for Nevada against San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State, it, their pass defense is better than their rush defense. Their pass defense is borderline elite, um, but their rush defense is also very good. They give up the 45th least most amount of rush yards. They are fourth in points allowed per game with 14.5. Uh, 
So they hold teams down. Toatawa is Nevada's entire offense here. I think they're just going to be able to kind of key on him and shut him down here with that very good uh, defensive line that they have. Muted. Man, uh, I'm sitting Rasheed Rice this week. I think Ooh. he's playing banged up. He wasn't great last week. Potentially a new quarterback in there with him for this game. So I think Rice is a sit. Uh, I will parlay that one into mine. I am sitting Tanner Mordecai and Preston Stone. Whichever one ends up starting, I am sitting. We don't know who's going to start this week. Mordecai is injured uh, reportedly. Um, so obviously question mark there. But this would be Stone's first start. And Tulsa's pass defense is legit. They are seventh in the country in uh, yards allowed per game with 167 so I don't really care which one is starting out of the SMU quarterbacks there. I'm sitting Mordecai and Stone. Um, I am sitting Jaden Reed. And I think there's a scenario where I get burned in this one because Michigan State plays Michigan and they're going to get down early. And um, they might just pass the crap out of the ball. And maybe he just gets some – this is, ends up being a volume play. But I, I just think Michigan State will score like six points in this game. I don't think they'll really be able to move the ball effectively at all against Michigan. Um, and like, I, I just can't play Reed in this con in this, uh, this game when in any good conscience. That's another one that I was, I was strongly considering there. Michigan's front, uh, Michigan's defensive line is legit again. Um, you know, they had, a, they had a very soft opening start to the year where they beat up on a lot of cupcakes, but you know, Penn state, you know, I know I'm a Homer, but Penn state yep. is not a cupcake. You know, their offensive line is improved this year. Um, they have a legitimate left tackle prospect. Um, so, and, and they, they ragged all of them. So yeah, I could see that being a, a blowout there as well. Uh, but I did not pick Jaden Reed, but I like the call. So I went with LeJonte Wester wide receiver for FAU. Um, they play UAB <laughs> just based on that face. You going with Wester too. I am also sitting Wester here. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Lejonte Wester, they play UAB. UAB's ninth in pass yards allowed. Um, Lejonte Wester in recent games uh, has he's kind of struggled a little bit here. Six and 14 fantasy points in his last two. His last five also includes a 13 fantasy pointer, but then he also has 36 and 27. So he kind of runs hot and cold there, but I think UAB is going to shut them down. Very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, for basically the same reasons. I concur. I'm sitting Evan Hall. Oh, you're not going to kick that back to me? Oh, shit. Yeah, come back to you. Okay, cool. I'm sitting Evan Hall. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, look, he's been up and down since his hot start to the year here. Uh, his last five weeks, he has 25, 8, 9, 9, and 23 fantasy points. So very hot and cold. Uh, Iowa's defense is legit 14th in rush yards allowed with 104.3 eighth in points allowed uh, with 16.1 game total open at 35. They're expecting this to be very low scoring. That's like service Academy level. Um, so I, I am sitting Evan Hall. I'm sitting Jeff Sims and I'm preferably actually firing him into the sun. Uh, after him screwing me last week, um, Florida State, I think they're they're fairly solid defensively. They've done pretty well against rushing quarterbacks this year. I don't think that Sims has a lot of upside this week. 
I don't have Sims here, but I'm just looking at my list and I'm looking at like we had that guy the same, we had that guy the same, we had that. We have four sits that are the same so far. Wait, did we really? Who? Richardson, Ott, Hall, Wester, Wester. Hall. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am sitting Nathaniel Pete. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this guessing game. I'm fed up with the Missouri backfield. I have a lot of Nathaniel Pete and a lot because I thought he was going to be the guy this year for them. And he looked like he was going to be the guy, you know, uh, two weeks ago, 20 carries, 117 yards and a touchdown, three targets. Uh, their other running back Schrader, eight carries uh, for 17 yards and a touchdown. And then last week, Pete has 11 carries for eight yards, no targets. And Schrader has 14 carries and two targets. So I don't know what's going on with this backfield. I'm done with it. I'm done. <sighs> Do you I, have Pete too? I also have Nathaniel Pete. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Ten. Is that my last one? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think so. You got one more? Uh, I have two more. Are you sure that was your last one? Pretty sure. One, two, three, four, five. Six, we might have got seven, messed eight, up nine, somewhere ten. along the way. Yeah. Oh, got... I did. I I didn't say haul back at you, so you might have two left. Uh, okay. Okay. That yeah, that could be why. So who are your last two? Uh, my last two: Isaiah Bowser, running back for UCF. Back to back weeks where he has had five and eleven carries, so his role has diminished a little bit here. Now, he still got in the end zone in both of those, so he had like 15 fantasy points in both of those games, but it's kind of hard to rely on him with that sort of volume. Uh, and Cincinnati is a very good rush defense here, 29th in the country, uh, 120.1 yards given up per game. Um, so I'm sitting Bowser. And then my last one here, I'm sitting the Coastal Carolina running backs. Uh, Reese White came back last week. He had 10 carries. Um, Beasley had 10 carries as well. So it was a dead, even split. I don't know who's going to lead that backfield. If it's going to, if there's even going to be anybody with the lead, but either way they play Marshall Marshall's run defense is legit. Uh, they are third in the country with 78.1 uh, yards per game. They're 11th in points allowed with 16.6. So I think this is going to be another slower paced game here. Uh, and I, I don't trust either of these coastal Carolina running backs. All right, Colin. Uh, let's give our ten. I'll tell everyone why Michael Mayer is a smash play on Prize Picks this week, and then we'll get everyone out of here. Um, right. So I'm sitting John Reese Plumley, uh, quarterback UCF. Anthony Richardson, quarterback Florida. Jaden Ott, running back uh, Cal. Anthony Grant, running back Nebraska. Uh, Evan Hall, running back Northwestern. Lejante Wester, wide receiver FAU. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver uh, SMU. Jeff Sims quarterback Georgia Tech and Nathaniel Pete running back Mizzou. Uh, I am sitting the Oklahoma State running backs, uh, Toa Tawa running back for Nevada, Lejonte Wester uh, wide receiver for FAU, Nathaniel Pete uh, running back for Missouri, Jaden Ott running back for Cal, Evan Hall running back for Northwestern, Isaiah Bowser running back UCF, Anthony Richardson quarterback Florida, Tanner Mordecai and Preston Stone, quarterbacks for SMU, and the Coastal Carolina running backs. Um, we'll have to, uh, we've said it like once or twice before, we have to keep track of like our hit rates when we both are agree. Mm, that'd be something. interesting. 
Yeah. It's probably it's like worse than the, the regular. Probably, event. honestly, uh, probably is. <laughs> all right, real quick, guys, before I get you out of here, Michael Mayer has two different props on Prize Picks this week that are just freaking like smash, 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 smash. I don't understand why they are the way that they are. Michael Mayer last week his fantasy points line on Prize Picks was thirteen and a half points. Basically, did that in the first quarter. This week it's fifteen and a half. They take on Syracuse. He's literally the only reliable offensive weapon they have at this point. I like the over on that. And he has his other one is five and a half receptions. I'm actually going to play the five and a half receptions over the fantasy score. Um, just because I think he's going to get the targets, but I love both of those plays. And I think they're just smashes. I don't know why they insist on underselling mayor here in this offense, but you know, their loss is my game. Um, so that's going to do it for tonight's show guys. Free information there at the end. Um, Check out everything over at campusdecanton.com. Check out all the other shows here on the Campus Decanton podcast feed. Uh, everything going on on the YouTube page. Make sure to get those entries in for the signed jerseys if you want. Uh, remember, check out the Better Sports show every Saturday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern live on the Better Sports app. We'll see you later in the week, guys. No Canton Bound this week. We have something special for you. Maybe we a little. Do little announcement about the website uh maybe some new stuff coming out and um uh we'll be previewing uh some of that so no yes. can't bound but uh different treat for you be really yes. really good but i was just going to continue to leave those reviews because we do take them seriously you know we, we mentioned the the players that we're going to start naming positions Teams. I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to go the whole time without saying the player's name. We've improved a lot, Colin. When we first started the show, I don't know if you remember, I actually yelled at you about it all the time, where you would give like a two-minute intro to a player without saying their name. You'd be like, this is a guy that like he's been really good lately, but like I could see him going downhill from here. <laughs> that was, like he got 20. That was intentional. Like I, I don't have like a giant computer that I can just like start punching these the things in and it filters by the time I get to the end. Like I, oh, is is, is it Jade Not? And you'd be like, oh nope, actually it's this guy. Ah. Yeah. See, I, that was intentional before I was doing it as a little bit of a tease. Is I thought it was uh no it was stupid. I, I thought it was a good idea. It was not a good idea. So I apologize to our early listeners. Thank you for sticking around um but i the, the only other thing i had about the uh comments is we appreciate the ones where you leave it and you like very clearly get the show um there was one on there that was gold yeah very very so. good all right we'll see you guys uh later this week until then i'm austin and this is colin have a good one